0: Middle cough. Hey, hey. Oh, no better way to start the show on a Sunday night than hearing the
1: sound of the lock. Just looking in, guy. We were, once you placed the bet, we were in the in the twos. Now we got four G's. So uh it's called storming back, baby. We've had our back against the wall a couple times, but every time we've responded, kind of like Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Back to back
0: wins, right? Is that what yeah? Eleven back straight, lost three, two in a row. Yep. Like uh, was good. We're, lock of the week, Bengals plus three. One by five. Made it fun. Made it fun.
2: What's up, everybody,
0: on this Sunday? Hello to everyone on YouTube. If you're watching the stream live or if you're watching it back after the fact, if you're listening to the podcast, hello as well. We always appreciate you. Go to iTunes, leave us a review. Five stars. Leave a question for the mailbag. And to get in that. This is a big week. This is the start of a of a big week. Holiday week, of course. But the Niners also play on Thursday. We got two Monday games. We got two Tuesday games. So there's a lot, a lot, to, a lot on deck here the next uh, like four and a half days. Merry Christmas.
1: Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Let's fucking go. Let's go, baby. Playoffs. We're rocking and rolling, guy. Let's. I'm fired up. I feel I feel great today. Uh, no Kid Hungry. Oh, take yeah.
0: those good take those good vibes and send them over to NoKidHungry.org slash ham. We are up over, last check, I think we're over $21,000. I, mean, I know we're over $21,000 now, thanks to many of your contributions. If you haven't jumped in yet at NoKidHungry.org slash ham, do that. We really appreciate it. They appreciate it more than we appreciate it. Um, it is a uh, incredible cause, especially during the holiday season. Finding ways to help families, communities, and kids in need of food eat. NoKidHungry.org slash ham. We have a goal of $25,000. We're coming down the stretch here, John. Can we get there? I think when we we get our next update, we might.
1: No, to me, we're well over 21. I thought we were close to, we were almost at 22, right? Yeah, I'm just saying we're over 21. I have yeah 21-6, whatever it is. Hopefully, uh, you know, just keep on swinging. Everything's tax deductible, so give us give us your donations during these holiday seasons. We need you, people. (laughs) Uh, It's a great week
0: for Tito's as well. We're sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. So many great uh, recipes uh, along this holiday season, John. Whether you need, uh, whether you get to include some Tito's in your holiday celebration, whether you need some Tito's for your family time, whatever it is for you, Tito's Handmade Vodka, number one vodka in America.
1: Make yourself a Tito's toddy. You know who might not need a double Tito's tonight? It's Kyle. You might just need a single. Just get him a cocktail. Now, Richard Hightower uh, might need about seven, but everyone else on the team just deserves a normal cocktail. Enjoy it. Smile on your face. Tito's toddy. Make yourself a Tito soda. Uh, props. Hey, guy, John Daly and little John Daly, yeah. they won the PNC oh. championship today. Oh.
0: Wow. So, uh, so a John props the Daly's in his honor. A John Daly and big
1: John Daly's honor.
0: Yep. An Arnold Palmer and Little John Daly's honor, right? How old is he? Like seventeen or eighteen, college age. He
1: freshman at Arkansas, so he was. So he's not there yet. A little under the age, but I don't think that stopped Big John back in the day. So what's (laughs) you know, you know, once you get in campus, anything goes. Get Tito's, uh, yeah. But let's be very
0: clear: Tito's is made to be savored responsibly.
1: (laughs) We do this Uh, above board here.
0: uh, Six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. It's more labor intensive. Yes, but Tito himself, the man. The myth, the legend, knew it would be better that way. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. No matter where you're going for the holidays, bring a Tito's along with you. And John, make sure that wherever you go, you show up smooth and ready to party. You go to the website at manscaped.com, 10% off. You use the code HAM. That's 20% off and free shipping. Find the right tools for the job. Make sure you slide down the chimney smoothly with that skin-safe technology. Manscaped.com/ham.
1: Or manscaped.com slash ben- ham. Manscaped.com promo, promo, promo code ham. Promo code ham. Promo code ham. 20% off. Obviously, you got the lawnmower Mower 4.0. Best ball trimmer in the history of ball trimmers. You have the Weed Whacker, which I, I've been using a lot. Gets those long nose hairs. You never mm-hmm. want to be one of those Same. guys with the nose hairs. Hangs over the mustache. Awful look. Pulled it off in the 70s and 80s. Doesn't fly with our generation. You have uh you have one uh you have shampoo conditioners you can get from them, you have body washes, you got bald deodorant, you got it all. But to me, the lawnmower four I, I use probably every other week. And the uh the weed whacker, I cannot recommend enough. I use it all the time. Manscaped.com, promo code ham, twenty percent off. Get it for your dad, get it for your brother, send out presents to the people. This is such an easy one. It's a BP fastball guy.
0: Yeah. Hey, Santa. Do the guy uh, the match the drapes?
1: <laughs> hey, so, you hey. know, Santa's a busy guy. So, you know, just have Santa deliver these and you'll be in good shape.
0: <laughs> yep. What a gift. Uh, Manscaped.com. Code HAM gets you uh, 20% off and free shipping. Unlock your confidence. And always use the right tools for the job with promo code HAM. You know, um, Iceman here says enjoy responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Especially the holiday season. That is always a good reminder. Be smart. Don't be stupid,
1: okay. Don't no, yeah. Smart. Don't be stingy if the Uber's upcharging you. You know, it's doing the holiday rates and double charge. Just do it. Yeah.
0: Don't don't do anything yeah. dumb.
1: Get all in right, an please. Uber. Get in a lift. And do, you I want know. you
0: all to be safe and happy and have a good uh, holiday season and have freshly right.
1: shaved balls. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Come <laughs> on, oh, <God. laughs> So, uh, Niners showed up, John. Well, almost all the Niners showed up today. We'll get to that. But Niners showed took care of business. Atl. We didn't have one of the uh, hallmark close games for the Niners and the uh, and the Falcons. We've had some weird ones over the years.
1: Pretty easy cover. It was one of those I was thinking, you know, it could have been a lock of the week, though. Early on, we would have been sweating it. Uh, but it was a pretty easy, smooth ass-kicking. And let's face it, I mean, they kind of got gifted uh, a touchdown on the Arden Key sack that is somehow you know. he had to jump. but. Regardless, the Niners skill guys on a completely different level than anything the Falcons could roll out. I mean Falcons look slow. Sometimes I think when you just watch, you know, a specific team very, very closely, and I know I sometimes I think about it with us, like are we too close sometimes on nitpicking Jimmy and some stuff, just because you're you're in the fire. But I think sometimes we're critical. Obviously, we'll talk about the DBs and their their defense relative to the rest of the NFL is still pretty damn good. Like the Falcons defense is atrocious. I mean, that's they're really bad. No pass rushers, really no team speed. Now, the Niners have blue chip guys that play well against high end defenses. But today was, you know, it had a little feel like you would see, you know, you call some games early in the season, right? When it's like Oregon versus, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. Stony yeah, yeah it just it just won. But wasn't 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 Stony Brook actually kind of a close game for a minute?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, it was. It was. They were no Pepsi <laughs> State.
1: <laughs> so Pepsi you get State. Pepsi State rolling That's in. That's my
0: favorite but, new directional non-directional school.
1: But then as it as the game plays on, usually in the fourth quarter, third quarter, Stony Brook taps out. That's kind of what happened today. Matt Ryan yeah. slow, can't move. They're missing some players, and it's just it's thirty-one to thirteen where you don't really sweat it at all. You know, you it, to me once the second half hit, you're just thinking. No injuries, no injuries, especially with the short week. And can they get some of those guys that didn't play back for Thursday?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what you described, the moment, which is consistently just the most. You know, to me, like the Arden key penalty for the roughing the passer on third and four, that leads to a touchdown. And immediately, instead of being, you know, maybe they kick a field goal there and it's maybe they would have gone for on fourth down. I don't know. And you stop them. All of a sudden, it's tied at 10-10. Where it felt like the Niners were about to pull away, but then the Niners get the ball immediately, touchdown. Halftime comes, they strip sack, get the ball, touchdown. It's twenty four to ten in two possessions. But the thing about that Arden Key, that bullshit, just land with your weight on the quarterback. Sometimes I like, I think I hate every version of that play, even when the guy does drive the quarterback. But there are some where you go, all right, in the spirit. I hate that rule, but in the spirit of the rule, that's a guy punishing the quarterback, right? That was not Arden Key punishing the quarterback, but it feels like when the referee calls it, the referees have—they uh, just—they—they—they they, they have killed the part of them of their own selves that know that that's a bullshit penalty. They just throw the flag. They're like, "Look, guys, I'm not going to have some internal struggle about whether this is right or wrong. I'm throwing the flag because that's what they tell me to do." Just emotionless. That I haven't hearing the arguments. That one on the on the on the scale of bad to really bad was really bad. And it's you know the Niners are lucky they were playing the they were playing the Falcons today. Arden Key looked like Khalil Mack uh, in that game.
1: You know one but, issue I have, guy, I was just because I was just looking at the stats, seeing how many sacks he had because I felt like he had three. Really, he had two. But when you get a penalty, right, a roughing, a late hit, a personal foul on, you probably admit a lot of times over the last, especially like the last half decade, you beat your off, you know, the offensive lineman. So you are doing the right thing. Now the penalty, if you're going to give the penalty, you should still get credit for a sack. Like I, I feel bad for defensive players that get the penalty taken away. It's like I fucking drubbed the offensive tackle, and I'm not. That didn't necessarily happen on that play with Key because it was kind of a late reaction. But think how many sacks get taken off the board over the years with these. Like these off these defensive linemen get paid for sacks. Like NBA players get paid for points, you
0: know? Yeah, to me, I would differentiate. I would make that play a sack. Now, you hit a guy low or you grab a face mask. I wouldn't make those sacks. But that play, I would make a sack. That's a good call.
1: Yeah. Just looking out for Arden Key, who I saw he had three sacks as a Raider. Uh, He has five now and technically should have six if that thing had counted with the Niners. Yeah. through you know 13 games so
0: that you know the Niners just part of this is how the, i think part of the question from that game is how much is it that they played the atlanta falcons that they look fast aggressive and i would say it's a lot of them that like consistently now they've changed defensive coordinators one of the signatures of a kyle shanahan team is they play hard like they do when they've been bad they play hard when they've been good they play hard they do play hard they fly around fred warner was good today Tart was all over the place. Obviously, their offensive players, Kittle and Debo, all their how running about, backs. How
1: about Fred?
0: Yeah, Fred was really good. Play with aggressiveness. So, they just, that's, they were, re- like, the Cardinals played a bad team today and were not ready to play. The Niners no. played a bad team and were ready to play.
1: We'll get into the Cardinals later. It is a little bit different when you're, you know, a 10-win team, right? It's We've seen it before with the Niners, happened to the Falcons. Again, the the Cardinals are coming off a loss, so it's not like they had won four straight. But the Niners I guess, to me. But now be, because they, I mean, now there's other 10 win teams around them and, you know, yeah, But that's part, that's but remember the Niners, they had to go to the last week as part of being a 10 11 12 win team. Like the Niners have no margin for error, which I give them respect for coming to play and kicking ass and taking names, but they had no choice. Like they they have no they, they're You know, they're hanging by a shoestring, really, these last three weeks, right, with the playoffs, getting in from the Minnesota game. They had to keep maintaining it, and they've done it. Give them credit. They came to play. They kicked fucking ass. They should. You know, my my mom can tell they have seven, eight guys that are on a completely different level than anything. Like, to me, the only guy that jumps out for the Falcons, like, I want that guy, would be Kyle Pitts. It's like, I want that guy. (laughs) Other than that, you know, I mean, Jeff Wilson's a good example today. To me, Jeff Wilson is not as good as Elijah Mitchell. You know, just evaluating this season, just his cuts, his elusiveness, he's just a little stiffer. But today, averages five yards a carry, rush for 110 yards. Like, Jeff Wilson against really good teams, where Elijah Mitchell might get you 80, like, to me, he's probably at like a 40. So it's, he was able to be a very, very productive player. And I'm not diminishing, like, what he accomplishes in an NFL game. It's difficult. But... You're playing a team that somehow was six and seven coming into this game. To me, they felt more like a three and ten team when you watch them play. It's remarkable they got six wins. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't quite get it. When I watch, they beat them. the Giants. They beat the Jets. They beat the, Sh- the Dolphins when they were shitty. They beat a Saints team missing a quarterback. They beat beat the Jags. They beat the Panthers. So they've a lot of their. Wins have come against really shitty teams, and the Dolphins, who actually are not shitty now, seven and seven. But <laughs> when you look at the teams they've beat, they've beat a lot of shitty teams too. So
0: I, I'm, I'm, I am enjoying two and on uh, the two and movement. movement. Uh, the people on the yeah. internet that say yeah, acting like two is good, although I feel like we kind of started it, we just didn't call him didn't call it two and on, But he outplayed Zach Wilson today. Although he had a late pick six that was bad. Uh, yeah, Atlanta sucks. They're like if the the Jerry. Uh, Matt Ryan runs a lot for a guy that can't
1: really run. Well, he has to. He's, his offensive line's terrible. It's it's a huge reason Dimitrov got fired. Their offensive line, and they've invested high picks over the years. It You don't need to be, uh, you know, some offensive line's big Duke, right? Or some fucking Jeff Schwartz breaking down line play. It's clear. Now, the Niners have a active front four, but holy shit, their guys are bad. I mean, they're yeah. just he, – he's – He's in the firing line. It felt like every play, and it ain't just Bosa, right? It was all their guys were kind of feasting that I, day. I mean,
0: from the first drive when they took over on the Niners uh, nine yard line and they went for it on fourth down, Higher! and the Niners swarmed. On third, <laughs> the Niners swarmed on third down. Uh, you know, I it's not a it's I don't think it's a game to make any big proclamations off of because it, again, Atlanta sucks, but. I do think for a year that started and continued with the ghost of DeForest Buckner being a constant conversation, I think this defensive front on balance of the year has played well enough that, you know, if they keep it up and let's say they win a playoff game and they're playing like this, that we might reach a point where we don't have to hear about DeForest Buckner anymore. That would be a welcome to me. I'm so tired of talking about, like, out of nowhere, just like a DeForest Buckner conversation comes up. Like, it wears me out. And I think they're pretty good up front. Like, this is not the... I
1: I noticed him a couple times last night. He's pretty He's
0: fantastic. (laughs) He's just fantastic. But you don't have to be as good... You know, they're doing this without Kinlaw, right?
1: Doing it without Kinlaw. Well, they did it today without Kinlaw, Greenlaw, and Al Shayer, right? I mean, they they did it today without a lot of firepower. Now, Kinlaw's been gone. I mean, Kinlaw may never come back. Uh, Like D Ford, he just goes away and they're just rumors like, are they going to cut him? It's like, yeah, who even cares? Like, but I mean, number 51 has been one of their better players this year and he was gone. So I give them their defense showed up kind of with the mindset back to what I said a little. I mean, it's not quite because the record you had to take him seriously, but they showed up more like a college game where the team, like, let's say Oregon was playing like a Washington State, right? Or UCLA. We're bet. We know we're better than you, but we got to come to play and that, and they did. It's to me, that was like a conference college game where you have a couple good players. You have a pretty good record, but we are fucking far superior and we kicked your ass and we're at home. Right. And that's just what we've haven't come accustomed to with Kyle at, at Levi's. And here's the other thing, guy, winning this game and just taking care of business because of the shitty start now allows you. We'll talk a lot more probably about the Titans game on Tuesday's pod or Wednesday's pod, but you give that game coin flip. You win that all of a sudden we talk about, you get the Texans the following week. You're a 10 win team. And that, you know, we, we were very critical of Kyle. Listen, he did not have a great start to the season. Neither did his players, but the players reflect Kyle. This is the, this is football. The coach, everything reflects the head coach. And we'll get into Hightower later, and I'm going to start putting that on Kyle as well. But like ultimately, it's a it's a bottom line business. It's black and white: do you win or do you lose? And you get to ten and seven, you cruise to a playoff spot. Like, you know, it's one thing to make the playoffs at eight and nine. We're like, you know, remember the the Bears last year were eight and eight, and I don't think most of their fans really give Nagy credit for that. Like, we're not giving you a playoff berth like a normal playoff berth. To me, at ten and seven, I give you credit, right? That, that's a real record. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's Especially when it's you overcoming. Because 10 and 7 adver-
1: feels more like, more like the old 10 and 6 than it does the 9 and 7, whether that's fair or not.
0: It's a double-digit number. I mean, we just, 10s are different than 9s. So I think it is fair. And, and I think it's different when it's you overcoming adversity on the fly. There's not a lot you can do, you know, for a team in a season. Like, it's... These are adverse situations. You got cornerbacks every week. You got running backs in and out. Um, you've got, I mean, they had a lot of injuries early on offensively. Ayuk pulling it together. Like you don't have a lot of moves within a season to improve no. your team. And they've become a better football team over the course of the year. Now, part of that is, you know, Kittle getting healthy and Ayuk breaking out and Debo just being Debo. So they've been able to weather some of that storm. But I mean, it's a credit to to them. Like that's where the ten and seven to me is when it felt like you might miss the playoffs. You go ten and seven. That's it's really impressive. Now, like you said, we'll talk about Thursday night. But there have been enough games this year in the NFL that weird stuff happens. A good team loses to a bad team. That I think it's easy after you dominate a bad team to go, ah, yeah, that was, that's what was supposed to happen. That was a bad football team. But I mean, it was in some ways, honestly, it was more dominant than the final score. I don't know where, where the yards per play end up, but.
1: Um, I wasn't as locked in in the fourth quarter, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you have a game that's over going into the fourth quarter, you feel pretty good about it, right? It's the NFL. It's in December. You're fighting for the playoffs. I, I, I think I'm not even doing them enough. I'm, I'm almost doing them a disservice. It's, you fucking have a game where you're cruising in the fourth quarter. That's a big deal in December, right?
0: Especially when you're uh, like what they are right now, right? Which is a six seed level team. Like they're not, a yeah, two you're not seed. like, ele- you're not like 11 and two. It's
1: like, are, are they going to be the one seed? That is not the case.
0: They entered the game at seven and six. And they're you would say right now at eight and six, they are. I don't know if I'd say they're better than the record because here are the other eight and six teams, Indy Cincinnati. LA, there's not another eight Chargers. LA Chargers, there's not another eight and six team in the NFC, which is kind of weird. But there's not. Um, the AFC's depth is better, even though the NFC's better at the yeah, time. Yeah, like Buffalo is eight and six. I didn't mention them. They're also eight and six in the NFC. You've got eight and six San Francisco. Then you've got football team is the seven seed at six and seven. Then Minnesota and Philly
1: and New Orleans are six and seven. Atlanta six and eight. Like it's well. Just- we- well, you and I, and I think everyone listening, would not be confident the Niners are going to the playoffs if they were in this mix of the Colts, the Bengals, the Chargers, and the Bills. Right? You'd be like, "Well, holy shit, they got to run the table," you know? Right. Yeah.
0: But and but they, they for,
1: benefit from the NFC at the bottom is just shitty.
0: And really, Cleveland hasn't played yet. Cleveland is seven and six. Cleveland plays on Monday at two o'clock Pacific mm-hmm. against the Man. Raiders, so they could also be eight and six. Cool. So. I can't <laughs> wait. So there's gonna, you know, like right now, and all. If Cleveland, we'll see what if Cleveland wins or loses that game. But like the point is, one of this group, Cincinnati, with a win today, jumped from out of the playoffs to into the playoffs, and I think they pushed Buffalo out, and um, you know, so one of one of those teams, Indy, Cincy, Chargers. Bills, one of those teams is not making the playoffs, and all that. But
1: isn't that group a good example? Like the Niners beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, and they were up 14 points in the fourth quarter, and they had a knockdown dragout game with the Colts in a in a rainstorm, right? And I watching the Colts last night, I think there are a lot of similarities to the Niners. Their teams are built a little bit differently, but like the Colts are good, the Niners are good. Now, relative to their conference, does that mean they're going to win multiple playoff games? I would. It does feel like the Colts would be more likely, just because the matchups, the Niners just do not. The Niners just do not match up with Green Bay or Tom Brady because they're they have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and the Niners can't cover anyone on the outside. That's just like to me. It's just it's a matchup thing. They cannot cover yeah, the wide
0: receivers. Guys. I saw him, I saw them play Green Bay this year when they weren't playing well, and they almost beat them. And they've played well I, against Aaron Rodgers historically. So yeah, I, I just that's not my preferred matchup. But I I do not look at like at the Packers like the Niners can't beat them.
1: So you view Tampa in a different world as the Green Bay.
0: Because yes. I I, can, I
1: cannot view Tampa as a good matchup for the Niners. They have a great well, I mean, run defense mean, just, and they have sweet wide receivers.
0: Tampa is also just an uncommon opponent. Like you've done it against Green Bay before, many True. times. I'm
1: not I'm not saying that the Niners. But, so, would but have, to answer like, your
0: question, yes, I do view Tampa as better than Green Bay.
1: Well, maybe I, just, I shouldn't. Yeah, I just I think Green Bay's gotten better as the season gone on. Uh, again, the Niners have a fatal flaw, and you're playing the greatest quarterbacks ever. Like, it's just that fatal flaw of, what's your fatal flaw? Like, you don't have D tackles? No, I don't have corners. It's like, who are you playing? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Like, it's just, it's hard, you know? Yeah. It's hard yeah. when the Niners play Joe Burrow, you know, let alone some of these guys. But, like I'm saying, I think the Bengals and the Colts are solid. Like, those, they're impressive, solid teams. You could argue the Niners might even have slightly more high-end players than those two teams. So, if, you, if they all played each other ten times, maybe the Niners you know, probably beat the Colts 6 out of 10 and maybe beat the Bengals 7 out of 10. So maybe they're better in both, right? If you just had a big sample size. But that's fine. Like, that's these are real teams. And the Niners have turned themselves in, let's face it, a month and a half ago, like the biggest underachiever in the league, like a disaster to very respectable, like going to have a chance to be a, have a respectable season. And honestly, kind of an impressive gritty season because yeah. it was headed the wrong way fast. Yeah, and a shot to, you know, a legitimate shot to win a playoff game. Yeah, they ain't going to be an eight point underdog, right?
0: No, even if they're going to Green Bay, does feel like Green Bay and Tampa. Well, I mean, Tampa they're not. Going, I mean, they, we're talking about Week Two match. You know, we're t- we're talking about divisional round matchups now. Probably. No, no, I'm talking about wild card. No, no, I understand, but I'm saying right now Green Bay is the one seed and Tampa is the two seed, so those are not even wild card round matchups for them. True, but they
1: all kind of had the same record, right? I just don't I think mean, Dallas
0: like Tampa. We'll see Tampa play Sunday night before we record this. But Green Bay's ten and three. Tampa's ten and three. Dallas is ten and four. Didn't play great on Sunday.
1: Yeah, but Arizona's guy play, really. nec- But guy, next week they play the football team. Then they play the Cardinals at home, who are in Chambles, Then they play the Eagles, who they own. So it's not yeah, crazy. I, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Dallas again. I'm with you. They they do not look as good as the other two teams, but they could go thirteen and four. They could. They're just not as like Dallas is not as good as Tampa. They're just not. I know, but I but depending on way the tiebreakers work, who knows? Like you could get Green Bay or Tampa the three seed. Like you're just a bad a mis- no. I field understand. Field go away. That's my point. Like it's not. Well, like, I get it. Those two teams aren't locks to be the one and two seed, even though it does feel like they should be. I'm not disputing that. But it's yeah. pretty closely jumbled together right now. Like it feels like in the AFC, the Chiefs are going to be the one seed, right? I feel pretty confident on that. I'm not that confident the way the NFC's top four teams are going to play out.
0: Well, if the Niners go to Green Bay. Wild card round. What's the number? Three and a half.
1: Pa- uh, I'd say five and a half. Packers. Tampa. A touchdown. Uh, yeah. uh, no. I mean, yeah, probably. No, I think it's. I think it's six and a half, seven. If you're at uh, Tampa. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. I'm pretty confident that Tampa's going to run the table. Looking at their schedule, so I don't think you would have to fuck with Tampa. But I do think Green Bay, like we've seen them have a weird game here too over the years, right? And lose, I mean, they, you're saying? Yeah, I mean they just yeah. had a weird game. I, I understand the Ravens and they got a lot of you but. Know, but hold on though, competitive so, so,
0: so you said four and a half Green Bay. You're going to Dallas. What's the what's the what's what, what's the number?
1: Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, but I don't view Dallas the equals as those teams. But my point is just the numbers. Like fuck, they could run the table. It's not out of their own possibility. Their opponents aren't that great. Their toughest opponent is Arizona, who they. get I just don't home. think.
0: I think if you're playing Dallas in the first round, you are not you're not shaking in your boots.
1: No, but my point is like the Niners right now would pay whatever five million dollars to not see Green Bay or Tampa in the first round to get either Dallas or one of the two NFC West teams. Right. Right.
0: And I and I'm saying I put Tampa. I think they. I think Tampa would be a tougher matchup for them than Green Bay.
1: Yeah, I just think I'm just looking at Aaron Rodgers, who's the best player in the world right now, in my opinion. He had tw- he had three touchdowns a day. Like he's just. When yeah, they beat him again, two years ago in a big game. They're the game, one he was seed and you're the six player. seed right now. So they're
0: better than you. But yeah. you play them well. Like, that's the thing. You play them
1: well. So, but they, yeah, they have Aaron Rodgers. I, <laughs> plus, at Green Bay's cold. I'd have to go back and watch that game. If I remember, wasn't he slicing and dicing them and then something weird happened at the end or something? How did I, I, Yeah, I, I mean, how it he's, even got close. He's, it's He fucking destroyed them that game. He's much better than them. But I just, it's a. I don't know. I, I don't look at that like it's an un, unachievable uh, well, I, win my, for them. Ultimately, styles make fights, and a huge reason the Niners in 19 and then the Harbaugh years, they were always way more physical, and they were always tougher. I give Green Bay credit. This last year and a half, I guess it's more than a half. It's a year and three quarters. A.J. Dillon has added a huge physical element. Their defense is more physical. Like To me, they're a little bit different team than I think the Niners beat the shit out of twice in 19 and yeah. Aaron's in a completely different level as a player now than he was that year. He just I mean, he's the same guy but he's he's playing at a much higher level.
0: Yeah. And the Niners are worse in the secondary. But they're terrible. If it's cold and snowy and it's, you know, and you're healthy enough at running back like if Elijah Mitchell's playing for you, you can hang in that game. Now, a lot of that falls to Jimmy. But I I think like back to the the earlier point the Niners have put themselves in great shape at eight and six they just have I mean it's like when you go back and look at you know what they were and what they are now I I think part of it is that even though they do have a a fatal flaw as you said I think their pass rush has been fantastic like really good and it's made their defense it's made their defense service more than serviceable I think they're
1: going to play well again on Thursday against the Titans. Well, they have one of the best players in football right now in 97. And to me, he changes everything in the domino effect on the line. That if you could ever, you know, big picture, get a little more talent next to him, it it kind of is clear looking back. And he's clearly a better player now than he was as a rookie. But when you put all that, when you have such a dominant edge rusher and then you have talent down the line, there is no stopping him. And we remember how dominant they are. They are doing this with Arden Key. Who was a disaster for the Raiders? Who was a scrap heap signing? Uh, Ebukam, who anyone could have had. I mean, they Armstead is one of the guys they've you know drafted in the first round. They've paid, but beside him, they do not have highly touted guys next to him. So it does show you that like he deserves a lot of credit because he's making these guys. You have to spend so much energy. He's just never stops. And then these other guys, mm-hmm. because of the way Chris Kasarik, that Jim Washburn coaching style is just play with your hair on fire. Like, we'll give up some, uh, you know, you didn't hold the edge on a comeback, you know, on like an end around, whatever. Just get up the field and cause fucking havoc. And that's that's one thing they're how many sacks do they have when Bosa kind of crashes one end and the quarterback kind of has to rotate to the other yeah. side? And then he's like, holy shit, there's like three guys over here. And the guy's rotating around. and They just – you know why? Because that style that Chris and I was around Washburn for two years with the Eagles – it is not allowed to not play hard. You're allowed to fuck up. Like you are allowed to not contain. You're allowed to miss a tackle. If you are playing full speed, every single rep, they, that's celebrated in the room. And that's one thing that clearly stands out in that unit. They just, and, and they do have, he clearly likes pretty long, like they have some size. They Doesn't have you, like, a All their guys are six, <laughs> four.
0: They have a type. I thought this, when I saw Arden key get that first sack, it was just clear. Like, You think about. He's not little. You watch all their guys celebrate like they have a type, and it's and again you go well. Don't most D line coaches want big ass dudes? Yes, but they look like an SEC team relative to their opponents. I mean, these are big, big, big guys, and you're right. They get them playing really hard. They just their depth up front without Kinlaw. It's been one of the most impressive things of the season, the way they've played up front without Kinlaw, and a lot of it's Bosa. Bosa has the like the effect that we always talked about Justin Smith having for Alden Smith. Bosa seems to have that effect for everybody, and it's not just in the pass rush. It's also when like they play the run really hard and well. And you mentioned earlier, I think Fred Warner played. Fred Warner was great. It started on that first series where he had the 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 pass breakup on Lee Smith in the end zone. Um, Yeah, but they're just. I think one of the reasons they're in great shape is partly the conference but they've just separate there is a clear wouldn't you say there's a clear cutoff line in the NFC right now and it's after the sixth seed there was a point in time when you looked up and the Niners were like two and four and the group of teams that they were bunched with the teams that they that were kind of their peers were 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 you know middle of the road football teams now they are, the the cut line is under them. The seven seed, someone's going to make it because there's seven teams that make the playoffs. But they are clearly ahead of that group of teams.
1: I hate doing this because I philosophically don't believe in looking in the rearview mirror and holding on to shit and like things happen, you got to move on. You spilled milk, you fucking just clean it up and go. But God, they got to be kicking themselves. Can you imagine if they just a couple of, the, just one of the games that they flubbed, right? If they right now were, I know nine and five, you'd just be all of a sudden, you know, who knows this. When do the Rams play Tuesday? <laughs> the Rams play Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that Tuesday night game at 4 it'd be four a big o'clock. swing. <laughs> I'm in, I'll watch four o'clock uh, Pacific. John. It's a four. It, the
0: game is in LA. It's four o'clock yeah. in LA on Tuesday. Th-
1: those two teams still play. Like they don't get their next, get the following week move back. Right. They just, they got to play again on Sunday. Kind of sucks, but they would be, They'd be right there because they would still play the Rams again. Arizona's coming back to earth. I, I, you can't do that. But it just shows you. Know, they deserve, right. You said two and four. guy. They were two and five. Two, two and five. five. And that's just, I think they showed today they were five and one in their last six. Now they must be six and one in their last six. Like They have rattled off a lot of wins. No, they, they were two and four, three and five. They were three and five. So they've won yeah. one, two, five or six. Five or six. six. Since the Arizona is, loss. And really, six six of eight. That that Arizona lose what what loss is worse because they're both divisional losses. I mean, the, the Cardinal Seattle game, Colt McCoy or the Seattle game the way it looked.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Arizona loss is it was Colt McCoy. They kicked your ass with Colt McCoy, and now they might fall back to you, and you've already right lost to them twice. So in that way, that one hurts. But Seattle's just a worse team than Arizona, you know. And that was when you were playing well, so. They're both bad. Once I think on paper, the Arizona game feels worth because of who the starting quarterback was. The day of, I'd say Seattle's worse just because Seattle. Actually, let me rephrase this. Arizona's
1: worse. Seattle is the one you look back and go, "What if?" More, yeah. on, I think, because at least you got your you just got your ass kicked. Like you, that was not a close game. It, honestly, yeah. when I see thirty-one seventeen, it's like God. I remember it being like fifty to ten. I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're right. I mean, the, the homer punt return, the fumbles, the picks. I mean, it was it was an embarrassment against Seattle. It really was. That to me is because even the indie game, which was obviously a really tough loss, it wasn't a complete monsoon. And we can nitpick. And I remember you did like Kyle's problem there is like you're getting they, they were just they were just throwing it up to get PIs. You'd probably get the same. But that but in a monsoon, you know, a little bit of a coin flip type weird game. Forgot about that. That was a bad game. They've had some they but this is, you know, there are years that That's why I think perfect. the Colts fall under that too. Like they're 2-8 and 6 teams. I think the Colts would tell you, "We we fucking kicked a couple games."
0: Yeah. There are years that are perfect, there are years that are not. This one is not, but in some, you know, in some ways the adversity you face uh reveals the character of your team. And it's just been it's been impressive. It's not done, but they play there's only 3 games left. One of them is the Rams. We'll see like what position the Rams are in by the time week 18 rolls around January 9th. Uh, but Tennessee on Thursday, then don't forget who they play January 2nd, the Texans.
1: So they're playing well, you know what man. it feels like they're playing well. It, it feels like Tiger Woods probably in his prime. And if the season was a, a golf tournament, you shoot 80 uh, opening round, you shoot 80. You're like, Oh my God, is tiger going to miss the cup by 17 shots comes back, finds a way to shoot, like, 64, and makes the cut. Now, he's not going to win the tournament, but all of a sudden, it's just, like, puts together another, like, 68. And he's just, right now, at in 20th. It's all of a sudden, you let him get hot on Sunday. It's like these last three games. You're going to look up, and he's going to finish top 10. Now, he's they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I, I would, I'll be floored if they win the Super Bowl. But they beat this Titans team. Then they beat the Texans. All of a sudden, it's like, God, are they the hottest team in the NFL going into the playoffs? You want to peak late. Could they make some noise? And if you make noise, you win a playoff game as an underdog on the road. I know it won't feel like that. If they were to win a game and the following week they lose, it it would hurt, right? But big picture, taking a step back a month after the fact, it would be a huge success for Kyle to win another playoff game, right? Yeah. When it looked like he wasn't going to sniff the playoffs. We were talking people getting, maybe not him, but people getting fired and moves and And don't you think there's a difference, though, even like it looked like they weren't going to make the
0: playoffs, then they reached another level where it looked like, eh, they might make the playoffs because the NFC sucks, but what is that really going to represent? And now they're actually playing like a team that deserves to be a playoff team, looks like a playoff team, and who knows,
2: could win a playoff game. And then, you know, you win one, the next thing you know, you're in the divisional round. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on prize picks, you can go Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time is the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So, right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks. Pick more. Pick less.
1: It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone. Download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Did you see the uh, the slow motion of on use check's touchdown that made it it would have made it 10 3. So on the, like their first touchdown of the game? Yeah. The Trent Williams down block of no. the, I don't know who the guy Oh my God. He it, again, it'll look like high school. It looked like a guy that you'd be like, This guy is going to Georgia or Alabama. This kid is just hoping to get into fucking college. To not play sports, but just
0: to gain an education. That guy's going to tell people about the time he played against Trent Williams.
1: (laughs) Destroyed him. Oh, my God. St. Joseph, Catherine's Catholic going up against Trent Williams. The Niners, and so is Jimmy, they are a completely different team when their skill guys are healthy. I mean, they really are because their skill guys, the the trio, is so high-end. And Jimmy, like he looks like a real quarterback when those three guys are playing. Is he got some flaws doubt today? He was probably the most flawless game he's had this season. Like, I don't think he had one bad pass really. Did he?
0: I mean, he made the insane decision to try and throw the ball with two guys on him and one of them holding his arm and he completed it to Jeff Wilson in the baby zone. Even kind of afterwards, it was. Even afterwards, though, he did the chest pat. Like, oh, man, that was stupid. I don't know if you caught that. He completed the ball, but did like the, oh, my bad. That was what did, insane. It, did he stare at Kyle and do that? Like, he might have been. I, he, I don't know. He might have been looking at Kyle. I, who, he wouldn't say that to Jeff Wilson. Why would he say no, that he, to Jeff Wilson? No, he, it was immediate. Kyle.
1: Look at, yeah, find the guy in the gray sweatshirt with a flat bill hat. My bad, dog. We, you don't need to yell at me when we score here. I think his arm got stuck up, and so yeah. he didn't.
0: He knew he couldn't get it back to his body, so he just flicked it. But yeah, he, he, I, I think you're he right. was in he complete was, control. He was. He was. He was in complete control. And it's, I mean, he was really good. Th- that's, it doesn't, you know, it's funny. You look at the numbers. It was the, it's the decision-making to get the ball. into. I think the beauty for them is they get so much yak that all you got to do is get it to these guys. 18 to 23 for 235 and a touchdown. He was better than that. But I think if you go back, like you and I both, maybe a lot of people watching the game do the same. Take notes if you went back on your notes, if you could just like go through your notes and look at every Kittle note or every Debo note, because I, I noticed this early in the game, every single time they touch the ball, it is an, a, it's a, a, a play above replacement. Like it is better than a normal guy trying to do whatever it is. They're trying to do a no gain becomes three yards. It's honestly, I don't know if it's contagious. Juwan Jennings th- doing a lot of it too, but I don't like yeah, Juwan Jennings. I, I do too. <laughs> I do too. Uh, Kittle six for ninety three. Debo four for sixty, but also six for twenty nine
1: on a touchdown. Ayuk, um, one for thirty six, but it was a it was 36 Well, he, he, here's why I give him credit because I I am very I can be critical of him with his ball placement on pretty basic throws. It's three to three after the Niners force a punt and they go on their first touchdown drive. The first play hits Ayuk on a slant, but it, it hits him right in the hands. And the guy doesn't even need to break stride. They score on that. They score on that drive, and it's then the following drive. They ended up giving up a fucking uh, touchdown on that worst flag. So it's ten to ten. First play of the drive, he hits Debo for thirty-two yards. But again, a slant route that Debo could just take, right? He let the he let the the zone dropper. He waited a split second, and then he hit Debo when he was passing, but not behind him, not way high, just perfectly in stride. He hit both those guys where they can do it maybe a little above like their eyes, but where they do not stop running in their perfect route. And then those guys, both of them, they are really, obviously Debo is a free talent, but clearly Ayuk, very talented player in space. He hit the guy. He was like kind of going behind him. It was just, he's a natural. It's what's yeah. weird about his punt returning. He just can never, because I mean, I don't know if Hightower knows how to teach people how to block, there's never any room. But if you can get Ayuk in space, I don't want to say he's Debo because I don't think he'd be quite as physical, but he's a natural feel for angles and shit. You know how Kelsey is like—he's so Kelsey, natural. It's like, is Kelsey even moving that fast? But he knows the guy's angles, and he just Kelsey just kind of runs like a video game player, just yeah. avoiding everyone. Ayuk's yeah. faster than that, but he's kind of the same thing.
0: I think Debo Samuel does the same thing too. Like, the Niners guys use what's the field fifty-two and a half yards wide. I, think it's, I thought it was fifty-three and a half. Fifty-three and a half. Like they use that half yard on the sideline really well. Debo and Kittle, uh, Barrows had a good article in the Athletic about Kittle uses like these PVC pipes to balance, like to balance on. Um, and Ayuk, they just use every inch of the field really, really well. I think you see a lot of trust right now in the Niners' pass game, a lot of trust between Garoppolo and the receivers. But even I think some evolved trust with uh, Kyle and Jimmy. You know, after the Falcons got stopped on fourth down on the first possession. The Niners, Jimmy threw the ball over the middle twice from, you know, basically his own end zone. The first one hit Jennings in the hands. He couldn't catch it. The third, the second one was on third down was the ball that Juszczyk caught. And he came up a couple of yards shy of the first down marker. But that ball early was a little dangerous, but it was a good throw. It was a dangerous throw. It was over the middle from his end zone, hit Jennings in the hand. It was a tip ball. They're lucky nothing happened, but it was a good throw from Jimmy. So, yeah, I mean, Garoppolo was good. And and this is not like some new level of this is what you get sometimes. This is why Jimmy Garoppolo is an NFL, you know, top 20 starting quarterback. That's just what he is. That's what he is. And that's good. That's in the words of uh, which golf announcer was it? Better than most. He's better than most. Dan Dan Hicks. (laughs) Dan Hicks. Better than most. He's not elite. He's replaceable, but he's better than most. And it's. Yeah, it
1: was impressive. Right? Well, where he definitely has value. It sounds like
0: a backhanded compliment, and I, I don't mean it to be.
1: Is when you play lesser opponents, and if you have 17 games, eight of them are going to be, if you're just on a team worth their salt, are going to be on a lesser opponent, a lock lesser opponent. He can be good in those games. So then if you can just get half of the of the next you know 11 games, him to be solid in six or seven, you can get yourself to boom, right? If he's good in eight and you win six of those, and then he's good in another six, you get yourself to ten, eleven wins. And you know he he early on he was really iffy. Now he was banged up, whatever. They had injuries with the wide receivers, but like one thing that comes out, the better your quarterback plays. And you know I'm we'll get into Hightower later. I'm going to give it, Wes Welker's probably a pretty good wide receiver coach because these guys like Juwan Jennings getting better. And the better your quarterback plays, like the reason you know about like Pringle and some of these random wide receivers on the Chiefs is Mahomes, right? We It happened forever with Brady and, and New England, right? He wasn't, hell, Peyton Manning, their third wide receiver was always really famous. Well, the better and better Jimmy plays, Jawan Jennings starts being a factor. Like it's, was it you that says like there are no role players on bad NBA teams? They don't yeah, exist. Like yeah, the Kings yeah. have no role players. The Kings just have and they just have uh, players. Well, m- uh, the New York Giants do not have a number three wide receiver. Neither do the Jets. Neither do shitty. You do know does good teams like Tampa defined roles. Green Bay defined roles. Chiefs defined roles. Bad teams don't have players with defined roles. Right, like I mean, you have like a nickel corner or whatever, but like specifically. Well, the problem a is when like you're Jawan,
0: bad. Yeah, but the problem is when you're bad. The little things
1: don't matter because you're so they irrelevant.
0: The, you're, you're so far between bad and good.
1: But like, when Jawan Jawan you're good, Jennings becoming a guy matters, right? Having him as your number three guy. One, he brings an element that the other receivers don't. He's fucking big, and two, he's clearly pretty like talented in the red zone. Like I just, yeah. he's better than Sanu. Now, I think Kendrick Bourne. Who they lost just because you can't pay third wide receivers when you draft a guy in the first and draft a guy high in the second. Like, you needed to replace that. And it was tough for a little while. I think this guy is starting to fill that void a little bit, which is important. When they were really good, Kendrick Bourne makes plays. This guy makes plays. and Their offense is better. Because then it takes pressure off the running back.
0: He's really good in the run game. I think he's just... Juan's just really physical. I mean, when before they started throwing the ball to him, he was constantly on the field just blocking.
1: No, Nikhil Harry trade. than if he comes into his own, probably then.
0: I I think Juwan Jennings has, proved, has been better than Nikhil Harry.
1: Did have a sweet catch yesterday, high pointed in the. How about the Calvin Debo throw?
0: <laughs> you had to see the replay on the camera, but uh, uh,
1: I I just love it. He's like, I'm throwing this fucking ball. I love it. it's like the fake run stop. I didn't see the, I, actually, the I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I looked at my phone. What was the re- Did the DB get his hand on it? Was the well the the camera played? the high camera didn't turn
0: because yeah. everyone's saving money. And, uh, no, it hit the DB square in the back behind the up. DB didn't know it was coming. was just running like this, and it just hit him. Line drive hit him in the back. Was not even close to a jump ball.
1: Maybe, he's, maybe he tried to go Listen, back shoulder. He might have been trying to go back shoulder. This is nitpicking, uh, but for whatever reason. And the Patriots feel like the uh, the Boise State teams that you and I used to live through that clinic – on trick plays. They never ran a double pass, a double reverse, some weird play that did not work. I feel the Patriots are very, very similar. The Niners are fucking God awful at trick plays. Kyle, just let Jimmy just run normal plays. Don't, don't run double. They do not, they don't even come close to working. It's weird for a guy that's very offensively talented at dialing up plays. His trick plays suck. The problem is his, some of his regular plays are tricks.
0: So, when he trick. goes like hardcore trick, it's like it's, it feels weird to him. I think it doesn't, it doesn't look like their the trick group. plays are comfortable at all.
1: No, not at all. It's like all their trick plays are just because Debo asked if he could throw the football this week. Do you know what would be a potential trick play? Just thinking off the top of my head, everyone knows the toss is coming. So, the wide receiver that's on the toss side, he does like two steps like he's going to block, but it's it's Ayuk. Then he turns around full sprint takes the handoff from Wilson or Elijah and just takes off around. So it's an end. Around the other end. Like he does like a a jet sweep? It's it's a reverse. No, it's a a toss reverse. So is it a fake toss to the back and then handoff to the the front? The the toss is to the back and then the back has to hand it off to Ayuk. Gotcha.
0: But Ayuk is running behind him in a a loop or runs like straight across in like a jet sweep?
1: I think he goes behind him. So Ayuk goes one step like he's going to block, then turns around and kind of gets depth. As the tosser as the tosser's headed down, he runs around him. Be risky. Maybe you toss it, maybe you hand it off, but I think so, there's something there. I kind of like that play,
0: but I would say no depth, run it, jet sweep straight across to try to get the, to the angle The quicker.
1: problem with that play, if someone gets penetration... If they're washing.
0: If they're washing. Yeah.
1: The washer or the penetration, you could get just ball flying in the middle of the air. <laughs> it's risky to go behind them, because if they're not, the mesh point's a little off, and you toss and you miss... Then all of a sudden the ball's way back there. It's it's a risky play. You can only do it up until probably one you do against the Texans up fifteen. How about this? Same play.
0: Kittle lined up left tight end. Toss play. Fake the handoff to to IU coming back the other way. Kittle leaks out. Toss to Kittle now back towards the original side of the toss. Maybe overthinking it though.
1: Don't don't hate that.
0: Or you could just hand it off to Debo for fifteen yards. Debo has scored. Seven touchdowns in the last five games. He has five straight games with a rushing touchdown. Every game
2: for five
0: weeks, the same exact thing happens. For five weeks in a row, they handed the Debo from like the 19-yard line. He hits the sideline and boom, just races in and scores a touchdown or cuts it back. The same thing. How how does he not get touched on his touchdowns?
1: It's insane. I don't get it. (laughs) No one wants to touch him, maybe. I don't know. I think Jonathan Taylor... Isn't one of the, isn't the streak, didn't he miss a game in the streak or is the streak he played the whole game? Because isn't Jonathan Taylor one game away from 11 straight games with a rushing touchdown, which would be the record? Maybe he's 12. Oh. You see that number? No, I didn't see that stat. So did you see the play Jonathan Taylor to end that game where he takes yeah. it to the house? Yeah. He has had 10 straight games going into that game with a rushing touchdown. That last night. You know, because a lot of people, you know, our boy Derek Pop was like, he should have yeah. hit the ground. But Absolutely. He, that that scored, he has 11 straight games. If he, one more game, so 11 straight games with a rushing touchdown will be 12 and will be an NFL record for him. I think he's tied right now wow. with an like LT. Pretty incredible uh, that is. accomplishment.
0: Andre in the stream says, your play sounds like a loss of 15.
1: Well, their Antoine's, play's not working either, so I'm just thinking outside.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate. It. Antoine says Tito's vodka raffle, please. You know, uh, we've the, the the legal team has gotten involved. Apparently, I don't think we're allowed to give away Tito's vodka. I think is that is that true?
1: That's uh, we well, we they got strict rules. You know, it's it's a crazy industry with everyone competing. They turn each other in, so you just we're just following the rules. We would yeah.
0: have.
1: Yeah, we'd love. We to wanted to, Tito's. and they wanted to, but it's just. You know, it can, get, it can get dicey out there in the booze business, right? They just, it's, it's like uh, it's like Colts versus Patriots. You know, it's just a war. It's like going over across the middle with Tart. You know, he just fucking blasts you. <laughs> Tart can hit. You got to give Tart credit. That guy will hit you.
0: I'll tell you what, man. I know we have these conversations every time Kittle is hurt about whether or not it's safe for him to play the way he plays for his career safety. But when he's healthy playing the way he plays, he's not going to win an MVP. I'd be interested to look back and see like what, the closest, the most votes, the closest to an MVP award a tight end has ever gotten. Um, I'm sure we could guess. But he is, without question, one of the most valuable players in the NFL. It's almost impossible for a non-quarterback to be the most valuable player. But he was out three games. They are a completely different team with him, healthy. And, I mean, it's incredible, really. As the, the, it, Kelsey has done it his way, that Kittle has done it his way, it's a little bit different, obviously but the physicality that he plays with his catch early in the game where he got hit low, hit high, popped right up after he had already taken a 25 yard kind of end around. It's just not end around, but like a swing pass. Just ridiculous.
1: There was a play that, you know, Trent Green they they and uh, was a Harlan today. They don't get to Harlan, call yeah. this. They, they don't get to do many Niner games. And the, the game was in control. And it was one of those George got it. And he saw, like, you know, I could take on this guy or i cut back to the middle field and the entire Atlanta Falcons defense was there. <laughs> and Trent was like, I don't think he's going to... Did he realize he was taking on the entire defense? But that's just kind of George. And I, I had the thought today, like, it's set. With Waller being injured, the two all-pro tight ends are Kelsey and George. Now it's just who's going to be the first team, you know, tight end. Obviously, Kelsey's uh, receiving numbers are going to be better than George's. George is 57-6. and six. Kelsey's already at 80 and 7. But there is an element for one of the better running teams in the league that they could not operate without George Kittle. So, you know, we'll see. If these next three games are going to matter. But I think George is making a play to be the first-team All-Pro.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that'll be a challenge, right? Kansas City probably, like you said earlier, is going to be the one seed in the AFC.
1: He just had a pretty legendary walk-off touchdown (laughs) he did
0: (laughs) no he did and and he's played in every game right george has missed three yeah austin says mark i'm not
1: gonna argue if you give it to him just he's a spectacular player and he is you know you have i mean he's got 83 catches they got three games left i mean how does he not get to 105 110 i mean but I, I think George is an All Pro, and that to me is a big deal. Where it looked like, you know, is is he going to have a down season? Going to be banged up? He's come back with a fucking vengeance. And what's and, his
0: what's his numbers right now?
1: A uh, Travis Kelsey? No, no, no. Eighty uh, Kittle. Uh, he's fifty seven and six. I mean, Mark Andrews is seventy five and six. Yeah, but to me, George is a more. I agree. I agree with you. I feel like George is going to get some votes.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's just, if you've been, you know, watching them and, cr- like, these are just big games they're playing right now. Obviously, Kansas City's playing the big games, too. But, I mean, this stretch now that he's in, 9
1: 4 of it is, is there, 13 You know, for- this is the sh- shitty part about tight ends, is there's only one guy on a squad, right, for the All-Pros, where the wide yeah. receivers, there are several. Like, it's a pretty loaded position, right? Like, Mark Andrews, like, I'm not trying to diminish. I watch him. The guy's fucking good. I would take Mark Andrews on my team. Just feels, maybe I'm too close to the sun here, but George to me is easily one of the top 10 non-quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd say it's as simple as this. Kelsey
0: is great. Kelsey legitimately first-team all-pro. There is not another person in the National Football League that looks or plays like George Kittle plays. There's not anybody that plays like him this well. Just period. There's not. Now, again, that doesn't mean he's better than Kelsey necessarily because Kelsey's different. There's nobody like him in the league. Not a soul. Would you say,
1: would you say when this season ends, Kelsey's going to be a first or second team All-Pro? Or if he's the first team, it'll be his fourth first team, and he's had multiple second teams, and he's going to have seven straight Pro Bowls and a Super Bowl championship. And Is he a lock Hall of Famer when this season ends? Like, is it over? Like, what else? My first reaction is no, but... I saw a stat on Thursday night that he had a six straight thousand yard season as a tight end uh-huh. no tight end had ever had more than three straight i think he i mean you're saying you're talking about you're talking about kittle. i'm talking about kelsey oh you're talking about kelsey i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm talking yeah. about kelsey yeah he is he is do you view kelsey as a, a hall, lock hall, player hall of player When you, i do yep lock like right up. now like if yep. he never played another game starting yep. today he's in yeah okay yeah kittle's got a long way to go yeah, but yeah okay. kittle is a talented part of what made and this is what we've talked about it before and there's just because it, it's not like Kelsey is not running over the middle, but he is not as violent on contact. He's a little more. And I, by no, I'm not trying to call him a pussy or anything. But you know how Peyton Manning in the pocket would just hit the ground. <laughs> like I, I'm not, I'm not trying to prove anything. Like Kelsey's got a little, just he'll just like hit the ground. He just, he's smart, and I think part of it is that's the way they've coached him. He's too inevitable. Part of jo- what makes George fucking awesome, and probably most little kids that are Niner fans probably their favorite player cuz if I was a 10-year-old I would have an 85 jersey but he when he jukes a guy he looks for like the 3 of them and go I'm coming after all you guys it's like George you are so invaluable to this team and I remember talking to Kyle about it actually at the combine it was when he told us he was going to come on the podcast and then corona really kicked in about 2 weeks later and then it's that's kind of gone out the window but we were bullshitting about George. And before, I was in the scrum because I wanted to kind of show my face before I walked away with Bob Lang and Kyle. And I asked him a question. Like, they're about to pay George, right, that offseason. And I'm like, does it make you nervous that he's such a violent player in the open field? Can you can you coach that out of him? And he gave kind of a stupid answer. And then we bullshitted as we were walking away. After he said he'd come on the podcast, he's like, you know, that was a good question. I'm like, you know, I'm not a media guy. I'm just, we're just ball, talking ball, two ball guys talking ball. And he's like, you know, it's it's a hard balance, right? How do you, you – your best players, you kind of have to let them be, and there's no – once you get to a certain point as in a career as a, as a human being, like part of what made Frank Gore great as a football player, not a fighter, he got KO'd last night, I think, by Jerome Williams, is that Frank had a natural ability, right, to just – he just didn't take shots. It really was not part of his game. He just yeah. – he avoided His longevity –
0: Is why we talk about him because his numbers were compiled over a long period of time. But if you told me George is just healthy for the next six years, I'd say there's no question he's going to the Hall of Fame.
1: But there is no change. But do you agree there's no changing? And it's not like they're even trying. George is what George is with the ball in his hands. Because he's the same every single time he catches a ball, he does the same thing. I'm going to fucking destroy There was a play today.
0: You talked about the cutback, which was even more crazy. There was one today where like it was basically a decision. Go out of bounds or go this way at somebody and try to get another yard. And he made we know what decision he made. He made that decision. And it got him another yard or two. But you know, the greatest show on Turf's philosophy was no, save the yard. We'll get that yard on the next play when we get 11, 12, 13 more.
1: And if anyone in Kyle's camps uh, listening, remind him that, you know, everything negative said earlier in the season was Guy, uh, we've moved on and uh, we've given you flowers. We would love to have you on the podcast. Yeah, we're just I, I, I had might have said back. a thing or two as well, but you know. As well. I had his back. <laughs> I had your back. i, I, said I got you never lost be- your I touch. got some beef with I I do have some beef with one of his guys though, because we just <laughs> it's getting to that point where By the way, before likes- before
0: you go there, on Kittle, he's twenty eight. Uh, he'll turn twenty nine in uh, so twenty nine next year, October 9th. Do you agree? If I told you Kittle gives you fourteen games a year for the next five years, that that becomes a hall. That's a hall of fame. It's going to be a hall of fame player.
1: Yeah, I think the the difficult part is just going to be, and maybe Kelsey's just going to go down as like an all time great hall of famer. His numbers are going to be so stupid in the pass game, right? Travis. Yeah. I mean, guy, he's had. 85, 83, 100, 97, 105, 83, and counting, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, a 1,000, you know, 8, 10, 5, 11, he'll have probably another 10. Like, it, So it's just, it's fair or not, he is going to be compared to him, and it's like, there are no stats, and this is the hard part with offensive linemen, like, Larry Allen got into the Hall of Fame, Trent Williams got in the Hall of Fame, just because th- there's no stats for them, it was just clear. Part of Kittle is like, well, half his game is just clear, right? He's just a dominant player, which... We'll factor in with, you know, a guy like Mayoka will be fighting for him in the room one day. Part of the Hall of
0: Fame is like we we had, you didn't watch the games, right? The Hall of Fame is not made on paper. Like I watched the games.
1: He's a a Hall of Fame NFL talent, no doubt about it. That's
0: what I'm saying. So if he's a 14-game guy for the next five years, he's a Hall of Famer. Because I know what he is when he's healthy. Complete game changer. Different than everybody else. Different than there is not anyone else like him. Well, because how is somebody else going
1: to, who else is going to be like him? Someone DM'd me and they said, do you think, because he's like, you know, the last couple years in the draft, a guy like Noah Fant will come out and they'll be like, generational player. But it's like, he's a tight end that doesn't block. So we just speak about him like a wide receiver. Well, half of his job he can't do, right? And and let's face it, most guys don't ever turn into Travis Kelsey. So it's like, this guy runs a 4-4. And I was like, you know, there's probably some merit to that. You, you, are you a generational talent at tight end coming out if you're not uh, 8.5 out of 10 as a blocker? Like, just because you run really fast? Like, part of, because I go back to Vernon Davis, who was a generational talent, right? At that time, we'd never seen a guy, he ran a four three. he was jack. You remember Vernon as a blocker? It's like, that motherfucker was powerful at the line of scrimmage. He he was a big part of Harbaugh's running game. Vernon would could block defensive ends in his prime. So it's like, I I do wonder if we don't give enough credibility at that position sometimes. And part of it is like, you get Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews, if you watch the Ravens, where is 89? He's like, in the slot. Like how often, when Kittle's in the slot, that's not normal. Sometimes I look for Kittle, his hand's in the dirt. He plays like the tight ends you and I grew up on, right? Chumura, Brent Jones, uh, Novacek. Those guys were not... The wide receivers are, are out standing up. The tight end's always on the line of scrimmage, and that's part of it with George. Like, Travis Kelsey a lot is standing up. George does every once in a while. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he does play much more traditionally, you know, like guys in our generation and older grew up watching tight ends, where now yeah. it's like, I bet if we just did a two-year breakdown of Noah Fant, you know, he probably just stands up a lot. Why wouldn't you? I mean, he's 6'5", you he can run a 4'4". 200 pitts 60 like if pounds I, if 50. you didn't know who kyle pitts was receiver you'd never heard of him or any thought of him If i just said what do you think of number eight today you'd be like god damn do they is it they i get why I'd they say it's a good julio i'd be like it's a good receiver yeah right and and he's a good example he we, wasn't he considered a generational talent then that's how they talk about him yeah he i mean part of that player. i think
0: is just if you're gonna be a big guy I think that's mostly where that comes from is most big guys can't catch. Most big guys can't run at 250 or whatever. Noah Fant was coming out. I know, but he plays a position where it's like they do need to, you know, he needs. Yeah, I would call that a generational prospect just because there's not in the, the percentage of guys that come into the NFL. A very small percentage look like Noah Fant with his speed, but.
1: And oh, and no, he gonna, it's not fair. I mean, like To c- me, it's like c- if you don't
0: block and you're just like a top
1: 10 receiver, then cool, that's what you are, but that's not generational. Well, like if, if Kyle Pitts was on and the... And no Niners, offense, not that, I don't think. If Kyle Pitts was on the Niners, wouldn't he basically just be... I mean, obviously, he's much better than Jawan Jennings, but that's what role he would play. They'd put him in the slot, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah. If he was on this team...
1: I'm saying if he was on the Niners, wouldn't yeah. he just play over 15 and they would just have three wide But I think Kyle, Kyle, part of it might be like, okay
0: you're going to block a little more. You're, you're, you're going to do a little more than Juwan does. Kyle might do that but, with him. But
1: this is where you get to a point where some guys, whether it's... You know, like Zach Ertz is not scared, but he's not a blocker, right? Yeah. So it's like you waste time when you just put him... Just but let you him run put around. Put use check over there? Yeah. that's why you have guys on the team that just can just block, you know? But there All is right, something to be said about guys that can do both, right? It is a huge, huge... Because isn't it just like, if the guy's on the line of scrimmage, like 85 is, I think this is why Philly kind of transitioned to Dallas Goddard. There really aren't that many tight ends like that. But you don't know when George, when you just have run a normal, two wide receivers, use check and a running back, and George, if they're going to run it or pass it.
0: Well, I think that, to use a baseball comparison, I think uh, oh. the tight ends that play like George Kittle, and there aren't many, even, maybe you could argue this for even Kelsey. You know, Kyle Ripken Jr. Ref, revolutionized the shortstop position. When at six foot three, which is big for a shortstop and a guy that could hit for power, started playing that position. And then you started getting more players like that who were not. That was largely glove only. Like you just played defense. That was your thing. Anything we got out of you, you know, uh, at the plate was was bonus money. And it wasn't much like you weren't hitting third or fourth or fifth. And I think that's that's what that's what the tight the modern tight end is like what the shortstop became. When they started getting bigger players who became real true weapons, and you know, I guess in some ways positional mismatches in baseball, but they're it's just they they are mismatches in the past game because defenses aren't built to treat that guy like he can catch.
1: You know where the just, greatest defensive shortstop of all time went to went to college?
0: Cal Poly, Ozzy Smith, the, w- the Wizard. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah, but, but
1: isn't isn't that a good example? Guys like Ozzy Smith, like they, you know, Omar Vizquel, Cal Ripken was not them, and then Alex yeah. Rodriguez, Manny Machado, all these guys turned into something different. Yeah,
0: yeah, Carlos Correa, and th- and those guys, like you know, Vizquel and Ozzy were so elite defensively that they got away with it. But then it got to a point where other teams, you know, you maybe you lose a little there defensively because you want to you want to get a little offense. All right, you want to start this conversation about. Let's talk about some of the big, some of the concerns for the 49ers here down the stretch. And I guess there's only one way to start that conversation, right?
1: Hi, (laughs) Taylor.
0: So let's let's evaluate where this is, because this has become a, a
1: movement. Okay. I think you have to make a change. They have now. They have an assistant special teams coach. I've never heard of him. No one really has. He's a thirty-four year old up-and-coming coach who was a couple years ago an analyst at Alabama. So there is no guarantee that he's like equipped to take over the job. But I saw someone in the comments on the YouTube a lot earlier when we first got on mentioned something, and then I think their comment was, "I don't know how we blame coaches for players fumbling." That's the type of mindset people not in football have. That is a complete wrong mindset. Every single player on the team. Is on there because the coach okays it. Now, obviously, Hasty is like third or fourth. You know, they've had injuries. But this is this jumped the shark from I don't blame Hightower anymore. It's like when really shitty players stay on the field, it's no longer like a couple games, whatever, a, a season, two seasons, you continue to start and you suck. It's then on the coach. It is now on Kyle Shanahan allowing this to happen. Their special teams coach fumbled the first kickoff of the game. I honestly, I don't know how Kyle, here's the thing also, guy. I'm gonna guess high tower, he's been on the he's been a, the assistant coach, you know, the special teams coach all five years. That means he's got a contract extension because when he got hired, he did not have a five year deal. There's a chance he makes a million dollars. And he is in a business where you get paid a shitload of money to produce. You either produce or you don't. It's why Jason Garrett got fired. It's why coordinators get fired midseason in college football, in the pros. Because if your unit is not getting it done, now Kyle's the boss of the entire organization and he's friends with this guy. But his unit, time in and time again, continues to royally fuck up. It's one thing; I wouldn't hold it against him if it's like you know, like their punt return. Like Brandon could never has any green grass. Maybe it's just whatever, Brandon. I don't hold that against him really, because a lot Most of time, punt return that. is a punt return. Like good punt returns eight yards, so that's to me not. Even the occasional kick return, which the Niners gave up one easily to the 40 in this game. They got lucky their defense got a sack like two plays later to push back 15 yards. But it's like, I even give you the occasional, you know, let them out. Instead of tackling them at the 22, they make it to the 40. The, the turnovers guy and the scoring plays are unlike anything I've ever seen. It is easily one of the worst. Co- I, we've been doing this now together for seven, eight years. I've been watching pro football for 11 plus years it's easily one of the most worst individual units on a week in, week out basis coordinated like offense, defense, special teams we've ever seen. It is terrible. I mean, kickoff return, punt, punt, touchdown, fumbled punt. It's just something after another. It's like, well, hasty fumbled it. Well, one, he put hasty out there. And two Kyle keeps allowing him to do fucking all this stuff. Like what is going on? It is. You played the Falcons today, whatever. They are not going to be able... You said that you think they could beat the Packers. No chance they could beat the Packers if their special team's going to do this type of shit. They, they will lose in the playoffs if they have a turnover or give up a touchdown on special teams. 100%. I would bet $10,000 right now that if you told me, John, in the first round of the playoffs, the Niners either create or turn the ball over on the special teams or give up a touchdown, I would say loss. Because the margins are just too slim in those type games. And I I, I don't see... I. I I would be expecting disaster to strike on High Towers' watch, and I, I don't root. Luckily, in the NFL, he'd still get paid. He's not. He's not a Meyer, He's not getting fired. When you get fired for being bad at your job in the NFL, you're not fired for cause. You still get paid. It, it is. It's not even head scratch. It's it's an embarrassment. And and now, like I'm starting to blame Kyle for allowing this to happen. He's the head coach.
0: Yeah, I um, I don't expect him to do anything about it. Uh, there have been a couple situations this year that uh, you know Josh Norman being one where I thought a cut a cutting the player was was the action he would take. Um, maybe you step in and and uh, have somebody else handle kickoff returns, but he certainly has the power to do that if he wants. Um, I thought the fake punt touchdown against Seattle was egregious. I thought the uh, uh, fumble coming out of halftime against Seattle was egregious uh, given that your starting returner had been hurt in that game. That was the game that Trent Cannon got hurt in. So you knew you had a replacement coming out Travis Benjamin in the second half. And the number one communication coaching point should have been, Travis, you're going to put both arms on the ball. And if you have anyone get close to you, I know you've returned before, but the number one point here is going to be do not fumble the football. Do not fumble the football. But by the same token, I don't know what I the second time it happened too. I thought it was very good special teams coaching today by Atlanta. The short kick, Hasty looking into the sun, didn't know what to do with it. Now my counter would be, okay, what would you do if you were them? You have to move your guy up, maybe, expect it. I don't know. Maybe that was on tape, maybe it wasn't. But that to me was that that moment was more about getting out coached
1: than the fumble by Hasty on the first return. That's what I was going to say, guy. And that's what I skipped over when I was just reading how you got to demote him. He has clearly become the mark. He's become like, like players, right? It's no different than, was it you talking or someone talking why you could never, oh yeah, you and I talked about this within the last week or two about, you know, F1, they have the, the racer and the team, you know, part of it, they broadcast it, why you could never do that in football, having the headset live or it'd just be impossible, it is clear though, and this because it happens to individual players, right? When a when a guy goes down with an injury and a rookie corner comes in, or just Ambry Thomas is in the game, you, you're saying go after twenty, go after twenty. Hightower is now the mark for oppositions like that. Okay, you could even you could convince me, and it's freak fumble whatever, I, I disagree because you put that guy who's had a fumbling problem fucking back there. But you have a I roster. Don't give
0: a sh- this is your roster. So well, then, you only get so put someone else do. up.
1: you got to make a decision. Yeah, they've That's had three returners.
0: That, I mean, they've got returners all over the place.
1: But here's what you cannot argue, that opposing coaches week after week, Seattle, Minnesota, and, and specifically this week because it's unique the way that they popped it up. View Richard Hightower as a fucking bullseye on his back, and we're going to expose your ass, and we're going to take advantage of it. And that, to me, now listen, I don't see maybe. maybe. I mean, teams try can, stuff on
0: special teams all the time against. But
1: the Niners, players. but the Niners group keeps not handling it well. Right, right, right. But
0: I'm saying like people do it, like people run fake punts, people do the short pooch kick. Well, we see a lot of well. fake punts fail. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that. I, I,
1: I, he got out. Like the Niners guys have that. no clue what's going on. Like players freak when just. Like a, the pooch, it's not even called a pooch. Whatever the short kind of high yeah, kick yeah, yeah. that, like the fifteen, you can if you just watch football like on a normal October day, Saturday and Sunday. Sometimes I guess in college guys they just don't have the leg, but college teams do it as well. Yeah, and, and you can tell like a well coached team knows exactly what to do. You either peter peter it, you do whatever, right? I guess in with a kickoff you have to catch You can't just let it sit there because they could recover it. But the guys are coached up what to do. The Niners like everyone's looking at each other. Guy, it's fucking december 19th we're week 14th and they got no goddamn clue none so it's like i am no longer gonna keep hightower hightower uh, they're not it's on kyle kyle has to like i can't even imagine how mad kyle was but what's the point in getting mad your guy's getting worked he's getting throttled every week and it's it to me would be pretty killer if they lose a playoff game, you agree it'd be hard to stomach, though it wouldn't be shocking because it happened all season if they lose a playoff game by five points or something and they give up a special teams touchdown in that game? Absolutely. And I hold my breath every time there's a kickoff return.
0: And the good coaches know. I mean, if you talk to any coach who has any clue uh, who cares about special teams, they always talk about the percentage, the win percentage that changes when you get a special team score. They all talk about it. So, you know, I think uh, when I look at a good team, usually you have one or two guys that are kick returners coming into a game. Like, ah, if if there's a kickoff return, it's going to be one or two guys. They've had one, two, three, four, five different guys. Actually, Kittle, but that doesn't count. They've had five different guys, like, back on kick return this year, which is too many. But the irony is their number one guy, who I'd say is Trent Cannon, has been dicey. But I also think there are different – if I was going to play devil's advocate here, I'd say – First of all, I agree wholeheartedly. A special team's mistake in an evenly matched game swings the entire result of the game in the other team's favor. Everything.
1: But I think there have so been other... It's, it's, it's almost the equivalent of like in a playoff baseball game, you know, an error where you airmail a first baseman and it leads to a run, you lose 2-1 to one or something. Yeah, like. or just,
0: just if you told me, it's the same as if you told me ahead of time, there's going to be a pick six in this game. I'd be like, well, that's... Yeah. um. But I also think there have been times this year with the Niners offense early in the year where it felt like the sky was falling and Kyle Shanahan didn't do anything but just keep doing what he normally does. And it corrected itself. This has been a long season, though. Yeah, the difference is that on offense, they have real playmakers. And their special teams guys clearly are not in terms of returners specifically. And we're not just talking about returners. We're talking about getting out coached. They just don't have erasers on special teams to make up for some of this stuff. But... I, to me, their primary issue is they don't. I don't care. I mean the the fumbles are just uh,
1: it's crazy. Would they be better off? I guess as a kickoff returner, just fair catching it and punt returner. If they had the, if yeah, if they to, had the college
0: rule where you can fair catch it on a kickoff and take the ball to the twenty-five, that'd be great. Yeah, they would
1: have to start implementing that. I love said, that rule. I, have, I just I I think this guy. Clearly, he's not communicating. He's just doing a poor job coaching because no one ever has any clue what's going on. It's what it feels like. Ever. Uh, and just these pretty basic, like... Like the NFL, this is the National Football League. You're not going to class. You're spending all time. And like that kick, clearly Hasty had no clue. But it, the other guys were kind of unsure. Like the other two guys, like the up. It just It's just constant confusion. And when you're confused, what does any coach tell you? From Dilford his high school coaching guys, to college, to the pros, like... If you're thinking, like, part of being coached up is, like, I just know what to do. Like, when you just watch the Patriots, that felt to fuck me, up, but they just that, know what to do, and you just make full-speed decisions, I can live with a full-speed yeah. mistake. The Niners I mean make that, a lot of decisions where they're, like, on well a special they, team. John,
0: yeah, I mean, Jamichael Hasty has returned seven kicks in his career. But he can't be back there. Like, that. that's where I yeah, go back I, to I, like I, Kyle Shanahan. I, I, yeah, else. I think it's a – I have totally. But they're running out of guys. All the guys getting hurt. Trent Cannon's hurt. I Even mean, he's made a mistake, right? And it was like, get rid of Trent Cannon. He's their guy, actually, as it turned out. Remember, he made a couple. I don't know what game was that where he had the fumble
1: in uh, Seattle, uh, where he, and then, picked, uh, he the fumbled upon. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> then he had the pick, the drop, the, the, was it the muff and the pickup and then
1: fumble again or whatever it was? But in fairness, know, I he think died. he almost died like last week, so I'll give him the benefit of the yeah, doubt. He had a a long since
0: kind of bounced back. But my point is that Kyle, that was a moment where. Kyle could have forced a change and didn't. Um, and I think they've had some moments over the course of this year that have felt like moments to panic. Not that making a change, not that fixing special teams would be panicking, but he hasn't done it. Uh, and I think the mark on that, clearly the mark on that special teams play was hasty. They knew he didn't know what to do. And he acted like he didn't know what to do.
1: And that's and, and that's part of it. was That's sum- a coaching yeah, problem. I agree.
0: I agree. To a to a point, but again, you got a guy out there who's never who's got seven returns in his career.
1: I don't know. There's only so much you can do for him. I was in the car this morning, and God, I feel for John Lund. uh, (laughs) You know, they start they go on the air for Niners pregame for radio at fucking like seven in the morning. I'm like, God, this day sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Johnny, I hope they're paying you a lot for this because holy fuck! But you know, he's on. It must have been eight o'clock in the morning. And they were talking about Cordell Patterson. And I had forgotten this, but, you know, the, the Niners wanted him this offseason. Like, they made a legit play for him. And clearly, he they would die for a guy like that, right? That you could just put a kickoff returns, punt returns, and then also use on offense. But he would be for sure your kickoff and punt returner. That If, if he fucks up, I'll tip my hat, whatever. I will not yell at anybody. But they they need to find a way to get that guy. Because that guy, if you are going to keep Hightower, because I do not believe Hightower is a lock to get fired. Kyle doesn't want to fire him. He's not going to fire him. But you better believe if I'm Jed, like I want him gone. I'm paying him a million dollars. He's not, it's just a black, it's just a, it's just a black and white business and the guy is failing. So it's like, I'm paying this guy a million dollars. He's not, he's failing. Like that's what Jason Garrett got fired because he failed. It's part of the job. You either get the job done or you don't as a coordinator. And this guy, he just couldn't be any worse. (laughs) And I, it might be the greatest guy. There are a lot of great coaches who aren't that good at coaches. You know, it's just, it's a hard job. There's a small percentage of them that are actually good. And a large percentage of the guys in the NFL probably aren't even that good. Now it pays, as John Madden said, you go from gym teacher to genius. Well, in 2021, you don't even need to be a genius. You go from gym teacher to making 600K, 700K, if special teams coach, 950K. They make fucking, they're living like Wall Street brokers right now. But but in Wall Street, if you're not making sales or generating money, you get fired. If no one listens to us, we would go out of business. just me, it just would be crazy if this guy survives and it's a long way away, but it's like, it, it just. we've all watched football long enough, it doesn't get any worse. It just does not get any worse than what we're watching. And it's every element now. It's not knowing what to do, it's punt returns, it's missed field goals, it's like everything. Every possible thing. So it's like, well, we don't give him any, uh, so if he doesn't get any credit for Robbie Gold or Wisnowski, then all he would be coaching then would be like the blocking schemes and stuff, right? Which clearly he doesn't know what's going on. It's crazy. And I, I just, I lived it. Were they bad on special be- teams last year? Just because you live in, you work in the NFL as a coordinator or position coach does not mean you know what you're doing. And the were game they bad on special teams last year? I mean, they were six-win teams, so they were bad at a lot of places. Yeah, I don't I mean, it's not like he's I a first-year
0: special teams coach who's never. No, been he's going on his fifth year. Yeah,
1: their special teams have not been like they've just blended in. I would say. Right, right. I don't remember them like kickoff returns or blocking punts or like the Colts, for example. Uh, one thing I Burkhart said last night: the guy uh blocked blocked a second punt for a touchdown. He's like, that can't happen. Many seasons where a guy blocked two punts for touchdowns in a season. The guy in the Colts. You just watch the Colts, Bubba Ventrone, their unit does shit. You know? You block a punt for a touchdown, it feels like you can allow multiple touchdowns. It wipes it off. But the Niners never cross anything off. There's no balance on the ledger. It's just like negative, 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 neutral, neutral, negative, negative. Come neutrals, negative. Miss field goal, negative, neutral, neutral. There's never like, did you see that double pass they ran on the punt for 50 yards? Like they they, no. they don't even have the capability. And maybe Kyle doesn't allow him to do it because he doesn't trust him, and that's a problem in itself. See, that I would disagree with that.
0: Like, Kyle running offense is so much better than the Niners special teams running trick plays.
1: No, I'm saying if Kyle doesn't allow Hightower to do that, it's a problem in itself. If Hightower comes to him with an idea and Kyle doesn't trust him. Oh. Because part of it is, like, gotcha. if, you are, he, if he's like, well, listen, I'm not going to micromanage. I hired this guy. Well, if he tells you he has a sweet punt, you better believe him. I
0: have a feeling, I've never thought of that, but I have a feeling that... Kyle, Kyle Shanahan views any special teams trick play as the worst play in his offensive playbook.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not against you on that, but you have to admit that over the years, the Did they great run f- teams, Patriots, the Boise State teams, LSU, Bama. Absolutely. Like, everyone runs a Do trick they run special a teams play. Fake, was there a fake with use check this year? No, that was not a fake punt, the use check direct snap play. Yeah, it was you know he he went under the center and then he snapped it and went and it was. Uh,
0: Austin says that uh, Golden Golden Tate has posters of Ambry Thomas up in his room this week. While we're talking about weaknesses, uh, not a cornerback guy here. I mean, I think going back in my history of uh, doing like a call-in shows, I think cornerbacks are probably at the top of the list of just people that just take heat from the fan base. Play calling ball- is number one. It's-
1: it's bull bullpen and uh, corners. It's just, yeah, and, and play
0: calling, offensive coordinator. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and for the Forty ers in twenty twenty one, special teams coach. But just you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like uh, Dion here. But every Thomas in he- position, a lot, John. <laughs> He's in position a lot. It's the breaking up of the pass from being in position that proved to be problematic uh, for him against the. Uh, Against the Falcons, if 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 Kyle Pitts had caught that ball before halftime, that would have been pretty devastating, not to the game, but just to the the psyche.
1: Do you know what's funny is when that play, when they showed the first replay, I'm like, I think Ambry Thomas picked this ball off his knee hit before he went out of bounds. And then they showed the second replay. It's like Kyle Pitts ripped it out of his hands. Is that a f- oh, my God. I, I do think the bar is so low. I give him some credit for just being there. We have seen a there was a play today by Josh Norman nowhere near the wide receiver. The Niners, the, their corners have not been near wide receivers. So you just being in in place to me is a step in the right direction. But he he even shot his arms up at the right time a couple times. His arms perfectly at the right time. Boom, and the ball didn't budge out of the guy's hand. It happened twice. And, and on top of that, the third was the Pitts play, where he literally ripped it out of the guy's hands. This guy's a... Where's he from? Michigan? Like, this is a big-time Division one I player. I, I
0: do Harbaugh's strength and conditioning program. Sometimes I wonder about watching them. But this is a weakness of theirs. It just is. And it's not just him. Like, he's on the field. We've seen other guys who are not him be in compromising positions all year long. This is one of their weaknesses. This is a problem didn't, for
1: them. Didn't you Imagine, feel like today... They didn't even really fuck around with Norman that much. They just no. went relentlessly after 20. Yes, yes, yes. And the
0: Now, we'll see. A.J. Brown right now is eligible to come off IR with a chest. Julio Jones hurt his hamstring again on Sunday in a loss to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Golden Tate, sneaky, has been on the practice squad for the Titans but has not appeared in the game. Uh, I would defy you to name Titans receivers right now. But, you know, Julio being potentially likely out. I don't want to say likely. I don't know as we record
1: this. He he left the game and then he was ruled out, which is never a good sign.
0: That's true from the game. And he'd only been back two games from the hamstring.
1: Uh, And I don't know. We'll keep an eye on what
0: A.J. Brown's situation is. Maybe the Niners catch some breaks this week with the Titans lackluster offense.
1: Well, their running back, their their running backs aren't great either. With the big fella with a broken foot, their offense looks. They're pretty, most pretty putrid when you watch them. Their most dynamic offensive player is probably Tannehill at this point. Who if is those not two a very receivers can play? No, but I he's I a just, little can athletic. Can
0: yeah, He can. No, buy. I agree. I've I've never been pro Tannehill, but um, they did their meeting on the Steelers logo today and then got beat. They have scored. <laughs> Their last four games. 13 they did points. a
1: pre they did a pregame
0: meeting on the Steelers logo. They they did the Raiders, Chiefs thing. Yeah. Wh- whose fucking idea was that? I mean, what are these? Bring it up, doing? fellas, bring it up. <laughs> what are you doing? Their last four games were 13 points, 13 points, 20 points, 13 points. So they're averaging 14.75 points in their last four games.
1: Can, can I name you just a couple guys that caught balls today please. by and play who oh, he played please. for? Please, but N- yeah, okay. Nick Westbrook Ikenny. caught four. He was the leading pass catcher, four for thirty-two. <laughs> You ever heard Nick
0: of him, Westbrook Ickiny? Never heard of him, John.
1: Nah, I'm Chester not Rogers. Chester just Rogers, cause... four for thirty. Heard of Chester Rogers? Feel like I might have heard of Chester Rogers. I'm pretty but, sure he's uh, a former
0: Steelers. Can't guarantee it. Nick Westbrook Ikenney from Indiana. Okay. Chester Rogers from. <laughs> he played for the Steelers. I'm gonna go, That's all I. I'm going to go Michigan State, just because a lot of Rogers of receivers have played at Michigan
1: State. I kinda of, I could go Rutgers as like an undrafted free agent or something. We're gonna go with Grambling State is the answer on that one. Little HBCU. Yep. Uh Dante Foreman is a running back. Okay. Jeremy McNichols, I also think is their running back. And then they Boise have a guy State. named Anthony Fursker. Oh yeah. Got two That's balls. Good, legit tight end. He's been on their team. Dante the, Hilliard. The I mean, guy, country. this is I mean, you're playing. They they are really compromised with their skill. I mean, you're talking about a team that's big three when fully healthy is Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown. You agree if those three guys were healthy, this game would be a mother. How would you? The Niners, two guys full go, if they were 100% healthy, would have no chance on God's green earth to cover either one of those wide receivers, right? I think I'd run uh, Ambry Thomas back out there this week, John. I would too. The Niners get lucky that they're injured. In fairness, they've had a lot of these situations on the flip side – for them playing these games, right? Where they've gotten into games with rosters that'll look like this. So you got to take advantage of it. But this is... As of Sunday night recording this, could this be like a pick em? Are we sure the Niners are even going to be the underdog in this game?
0: We're not. Niners get a lot of just general, major mainstream media and public love and non-mainstream media love. So they guess, might be favored by well, Thursday. Let's
1: let's guess by kickoff. I, I'm going to go Niners minus two. Uh, Have you thought about is A.J. Brown playing in that scenario? E- either way, my here's my thought. The game opens like Titans plus two, and there is just or I mean, excuse me, tit- Titans minus two, so the Niners are getting some points. And it's one of those in like a 48 hour swing where people just fucking hammer the points.
0: I bet the Titans, I bet they open at, like minus one.
1: And I it think closes... So- yeah, but now is it like two and a three. half or three? Yeah. I could see a huge swing if AJ Brown by like Tuesday is like, "Hey, we're just we're gonna wait another week," because they're not the one thing the Titans are pretty lucky is sweeping the Colts. They're still multiple games ahead, like they're nine and five. So even if they were to lose this game, and then the Titans finish with the Dolphins and the Texans, the Dolphins. Is that a lock win? That's not an easy game, but it'd be coming up no. a long week. but but again, the Titans are John. The Titans aren't scoring points; they're averaging under fifteen points per game in the last four weeks. So you think not it's possible scoring? To, could points. the Colts could the Colts catch them? Uh,
0: I'm not looking at the standings right now. What do you? Well, get? let's say that
1: okay, the Titans are nine and five. So if they win one more game, they'd be ten, their final record would be ten and seven. But they swept the Colts, so the Colts would have to go two and one to tie them. Now, is the I don't know if the tiebreaker is just straight us versus you, right? Is that the way it works even in division? I think it's your divisional record.
0: In the division,
1: yeah. Like I just because let's say they both finish ten and seven, but the Titans are like, well, we swept the Colts. I don't think that matters because we've de- seen that before. I think your ultimate your if we went five and won the division and you went four and two, we would get it over you obviously the Colts wouldn't be able to go 5-1 because they've lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think just those two games stand separate from the overall, the, the overall six-game divisional record. Right. So right now the Colts are 3-2 and two in the division, and the Titans are 4-1, and, and they have their last game against the Texans. I think the Titans are almost, they just got to win one more game, and they're basically a shoe-in because the Colts. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's even this close. They may not- the Colts play the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Jags. I, but it's felt like the Titans haven't been themselves for over a month, and yet they're still in the driver's seat. It's kind of well, wild Well they did, Didn't they start like eight and one? I mean, they had an incredible start yeah. this season. Yeah. And the Colts started behind the eight ball. And they beat them twice. So they, they beat, beat them really twice. Wow. Them back. So
0: they got really... Imagine if if their schedule had been backloaded with the Colts-Titans playing twice in the last
1: month. Or even just one of the games was these last three games. What If you told me right now the Colts were hosting the Titans... Remember that game they lost in overtime or went through that bad pick, but that game is going on this up, you know, in two weeks. What would you think the Colts five, six point favorite?
0: Yeah, maybe more. I mean, if they were at home, maybe Colts just house the fucking Patriots. The Colts are playing really well and the Titans are playing like ass. (laughs) I mean, like I can't emphasize that enough. Now it's Thursday night. Weird things happen. Road trip Thursday. It's long, long, nothing easy, long flight. Nothing easy about it. But the other concern being a lot, just when's Elijah Mitchell come back uh, in in a crazy way. And you've heard people say this for years, right? Players would rather have a concussion than a knee injury because you know you can come back from that concussion in all likelihood in a couple of weeks. But it's not his concussion that's keeping him out right now. It's, his, it's soreness in his knee. Jeff Wilson does kind of – Jeff Wilson is just like uh, – it's weird. He's like always ready. He's not good enough to be among like the top three guys, but he's just over there. Ready if you need them, and just always looks the same when you play them. So maybe that settles things down a little bit.
1: He he is, I I think, going into the season before he sat down in the locker room and tore his MCL, he is a fantastic three, right? I think ideally they wanted Mozart to be their one. They wanted one of the rookies to let the cream rise and then Jeff Wilson to be their third, you know, kind of their just kind of has has experience, knows what to do. And it just shows you with the Kyle Shanahan running backs, like, Jeff Wilson did not miss this game. I I do think it's a pretty concerning, guy. Shattered finger, concussion, and the reason is because of his knee soreness. Now, you could be like Al Shair, Elijah Mitchell. If this was a playoff game, they could have gone, and maybe that was their thinking. They're playing the Falcons. I would say, though, conventional wisdom, that is not the way NFL teams operate. Like, if you can play, you can play, and if you yeah. can't, you can't. Like, I mean, this is not Bosa, baseball, basketball.
0: A, Bosa had a little scare, was good, they're dominating the game. He he still comes back and plays in the game, right?
1: It feels like Kyle. Like you Lee's. easily could have said,
0: like you know what, Bosa, let's just keep him off the field. We'll get him to Tennessee healthy. That's not how they didn't play the game that way, they don't play. I'm with you. I think he would have played him too.
1: But I'm not even putting that on Kyle. Like I think most NFL coach, like if you're dressed and you're good to go, and the trainer's like he's fine, and the, what do you think the guy? This is where I think fans, excuse me fans want to see their guys play. I think a lot of the media sometimes freaks out. You do understand these players enjoy playing football. <laughs> like the moment the trainer's like, Nick, you're good. Nick's like, good, I'm going back in. Like, you think Nick wants to work all week to like, no, I'll just take the second half off. No, these, if you're Nick Bosa, you like lining up against guys who aren't as good as you and kicking the shit out of them and racking up sacks. You know, that's, that's what's fun. That's literally, yeah. Ray Lewis said it, you pay me Monday through Saturday, Sundays are free. <laughs> like the football, the, the actual playing of the game when you're good at football, hell, even like Kyle Pitts, is fun. You're like, I'm just lining up against this 20 guy. He can't cover me. It's got to be a sweet feeling. Well, How I went back. underestimate that aspect sometimes with football players.
0: Jay Billis tweeted the other day a video of his draft night scouting report of Steph Curry, and in it he said, I can't emphasize enough, this guy loves playing basketball, and that's a really important trait. He loves playing. He loves playing. Guys who love better who love playing want to play. Guys who love playing want to practice. Guys who love playing, like Nick Bosa, the the quality of his fitness is just. I, I mean, that's a guy who just it's thinks out of this just world. Seems like a, out just, of this world. If you told me Nick Bosa, a day has not passed since he was seven years old or maybe younger that he hasn't thought about football, I'd believe you. A, not a day has passed. Without him thinking about football, I think it's what age, Nick, When was the last time you probably went a day without thinking about football? And it might've been, I don't know, pre-ability to speak,
1: but when do you think, when do you think the last day? Cause Kyle his dad Shanahan's played football four, and his brother Kyle, played football. Kyle Shanahan's like 41, 42 years old. When's the last day Kyle Shanahan did not a day where he did, a football something did not cross his mind. I, I mean, it's probably pre-consciousness like, like three, four years old.
0: Yeah, regular. like once he could, just, <laughs> once he was watching his dad, he probably didn't have a day go by. But definitely, I would say like after nine years old, you know, because Kyle was just convinced probably from, and it wasn't that he was drawing plays to coach. It was he was going to be an NFL quarterback, right? I don't know if you're aware, but he played receiver in college, John. I don't know if heard <laughs> yeah. that. That's why he's so hard on the receivers. <laughs> That's why he coaches I mean, listen, the receivers so hard. I,
1: I don't like football. A. Uh, a hundredth of what Kyle does. And I, I i mean, I can't, again, just thought about it. Just something yes. random in my head. I mean, it's probably been 15 years. I'll go to bed thinking about like, uh, you know, that's that could be a take. <laughs> you know, you just <laughs> there's a take. Well, sometimes I'll just be sitting there and it, it might not even be a like a deep thought. It'd be like Dan Lanning. And that's just the thought. Like it's just
0: the name. Let me Google I, him real quick. It's <laughs> just how many times have I will I, both of us do this. Like, I'm just going to Google this guy. And then you just look at a football reference and a wiki and one thing leads to another. The next thing you know, a take just appears. I do it so, all the time. Oh, this
1: guy was on This guy was on the 14 Alabama. Oh, oh th- those other guys were on. Oh, and then you just go down a rabbit hole.
0: It's totally. <laughs> all right. We talked about the Titans a couple. Of, how about this, John? Let's update the Arizona Cardinals. Huh? How about this squad? Huh? Huh? Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are now five and eight in their careers in the month of December. They are one and two in the month of December this year. They put forth a gutless performance against the Detroit lions today. They were zero for four in the red zone. They threw the ball zipping and over people's heads at people's feet. Kyler, the whole team looked like they weren't about it. Jared Goff played maybe his best game of the year. They now have back to back losses. They've gone from, the one seed in the NFC, to maybe coughing up the division. And it probably wouldn't be as noticeable if they didn't enter the year four and six in December in the first two years under Kyler and Cliff.
1: I think I would allow them uh, just a mulligan. I would not be hard on them if they had won Monday night. I'd be like, you know, they ended the division. Like, I, I get it. I understand it. You know, they were, they had played... Right, th- fourteen games going into, or excuse me, thirteen games, and they had won eleven of them. I'd be like, I get it, right? Seventeen nothing at halftime in Detroit, lackluster effort to come off for a loss. And let's face it, a loss where you kind of got worked by the Rams. I don't allow you a mulligan type game when you coming off a loss. That that's unacceptable. And especially like you said, based on their history. That's a devastating. They were down seventeen nothing at halftime. Seventeen nothing. The Lions' defense gets worked. Like, how is that possible? Seventeen nothing to have Jared Goff just like you said, twenty-one or twenty-six, three touchdowns. I saw him just make some great throws. People are like, mm-hmm. God, is Jared Goff back? <laughs> you got to give credit to the big guy. Like his team, I would say, start to finish, has played pretty consistently, beside maybe a game or two, really, really hard. Yeah, it started in that first game. They never quit against the Niners. And I would say 90% of their games have been just fight, 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 but under no circumstances. And I get this week, you see they, uh, I think we had talked about it, but they placed Hopkins on injured reserve. They're hoping to get him back. They have played enough games without Hopkins that I, I give zero excuse for that with Rondale Moore, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz. When I just read you the Titans line of those guys, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green, James Conner. Like, just those guys is enough with Kyler Murray. The score should be 30-12 to 12 Arizona, right? Like, it should be flip-flopped. You, you just, that can't happen. That cannot
0: not, happen. not when the heat's on. Not when it's like, it's winning time. And this is, again, this is the time of year that you've struggled. Like, I would imagine if we said to Cliff at the beginning of the year in his office, Cliff, let's talk about your goals for the year. I bet one of his goals probably was, we got to be better in December.
1: You know who they got this week? Uh, Who? Indy. That's, where's that game? It's it's in Arizona. But, but Indy's, is, Indy still feels like they got to keep winning, right? What's 12-25? When's Christmas? Saturday? Isn't that Christmas always Sunday on night, the 25th? That's, that's Sunday Christmas night Christmas on the 24th? Christmas is on the 25th. Christmas Eve's the 24th. I thought Christmas Eve was Friday. You're saying Christmas is on Sunday? I'm saying Christmas... What did I just say? Christmas Eve is the 24th, right? Okay, yeah. So Christmas is Saturday. So they play on Saturday. So excuse me. They play Saturday night. So they play in what Indy... So Indy gets an extra day of rest. They're clearly playing better. How do you not like Indy in that game? I don't love that matchup for, for Arizona. And then you get at Dallas. Like this... Could Arizona lose like four straight games right here? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's they're five and eight in December under Cliff and Kyler, and then I mean we'll see this Tuesday game. If Seattle gets their mojo back. Seattle by that time could just be done, or they could be playing for something. It's it's we got a long way to go, but I can't just write off that Seattle game yet as nothing no. because if they win Tuesday, Seattle's alive and well. <laughs> they win Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh I will say this for the Lions, John.
0: Check this out. Which, what time but,
1: you say that game is? Two o'clock or is that the Raiders tomorrow? Yeah, no,
0: Raiders like are at two o'clock on. Did I say two o'clock? Yeah, Raiders are at two o'clock on Monday. Vikings, Bears is 5 15. Two four o'clock games on Tuesday. This is like baseball's wild
1: card Thursday. Seattle at the Rams, football team at Philly. <laughs> if you were Seattle and the Rams, wouldn't you rather play at, like, noon? Like, what does Tuesday at 4 o'clock mean to you? Why don't we just get the game over so we can rest and get ready? The
0: problem is, yeah, I guess you're right. Noon, you play games. at Noon Pacific's a weird time to kick a game off, though. Even 1 o'clock. Played at 1.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, middle of the day. Yeah, 1.30. Yeah, absolutely. Why am I waiting till 4? Like, then we got What are we doing here?
0: I'll say this for the Lions, John. They have four losses by three points or less this year. They lost by two to the the Bears. They lost by three to the Browns. They lost by two to the Vikings. They lost by two to the Ravens, Uh, and they had a tie. So they're probably thinking instead of being a two-win team, they could easily have – now, you don't don't take all those games and make them wins, but they've been in five games that they could have won.
1: This is where you kick yourself, man. If all of a sudden – let's say the Rams win. If Arizona drops these next couple games, and if you're the Niners and you win this Thursday night game, you would be able to get that fifth spot but that losing both those two games, your division record sucks because you got swept by fucking Seattle, you got swept by Arizona. So the best you can do is if you beat LA that last week, you're 2 and 4. The yeah. division killed them. They, dropping those four games which two of them are just ones to hard to shake. You know, you can shake your rookie quarterback on the road even though the game was close score-wise, it I can live with that. I can live with you know, the Seattle game, Jimmy got hurt. Trey comes in the second half. Like, obviously, can and fumble. The first two. But the, the first two. But the loss to Colt McCoy, you're going to play Colt McCoy and the Seattle loss. It's just those two games are won this offseason, however this season finishes. And more than likely, it's going to finish with a playoff loss. You're going to think about those two games because of where it potentially would have put you. Because then all of a sudden, a couple upsets, you, maybe you get a home game. You just never know. In the fifth seed, you're playing a team that Whoever's going to be the fourth seed is the team you'd want, right? Whether it's Dallas, whether it's Arizona, or whether it's the Rams, that's yeah. the team you want. Yep. God, I, I, I don't know why, but I kind of pivoted off Arizona, saying, you know, they've kind of turned the corner. You just watch them; you go, they got too well, much talent. They're too good on defense. It, like they're it, they're it, just John, end up just, with twelve wins.
0: It's a lesson for the future. We'll see how this year plays out in the postseason, but. You just can't buy. It, it's it's looking like you can't make your conclusion on
1: the Cardinals until we've played the month of
0: December, until we've gotten to New Year's.
1: Well, one elephant in the room in the NFL is not the guys going to get lose his job or anything, but the reason that within an hour of the announcement that Lincoln Riley had accepted the uh, the I almost said Chargers the USC job, Adam Schefter had a tweet that said that Oklahoma would be interested in Cliff Kingsbury. Well, the reason that is is because Cliff Kingsbury, when he got, you know, got the job, signed a four-year contract, and this is year three. And I think his agent, and rightfully so, they started licking their lips a little bit. They went, well, they're having this historic season. Obviously, it's unique because it's truly the quarterback and the coach are tied. It's like, we're going to cash in. We're going to get this guy like a five-year, $50 million extension or whatever. Now and th- their owner is notoriously a little cheap, even from what I've heard. Even now that they've made and generated a ton of money over the last decade, can you just give him like a three four year extension? It's hard because he's very tied with your quarterback and the offense. But we got to let this thing play out a little bit. You know, I, I'm not I'm not in any rush to just keep this going for the next five years. Just are you guys gonna lose like five straight games end the season and end up a wild card like this? Last year was bad. I would say this year would be infinitely worse. Right? I would agree. I would also wonder are the is the Arizona
0: Cardinals franchise in a position to be not keeping 10 win coaches around? They have had
1: Aaron, so they know what a big-time guy looks like.
0: And their job in theory is attractive because they have a pretty good roster.
1: Yeah. I'm not How saying many, you're going to fire him. I'm just saying it gets a little like, we'll give you like a fake extension, but we're not giving what, you some enormous.
0: Is Steve Kahn going to set a record, like get gets to hire like 12 coaches in his GM
1: career in one place? Well, there's a reason the big fella sits next to Bidwell. You know, <laughs> you got Cliff down there with the players and you got the, you got a lot, of, a lot of popcorn and like, you know, dad
0: I got to tell you, boss, this guy's changed. He's changed. Money's going to his head. They've got to make a change. The key, if your time is to be preemptive, like I got to tell you, boss, I have. I think he's changed. I think we got to do something about this.
1: Thirty to twelve. Oof. The Niners have had some awful losses this year. Seattle didn't even count for a minute when they missed when Russell was out. This is easily the worst of the Arizona. LA. This is the worst loss so far of the NFC West. The Lions One the with a lot of losses in the in the league this year because yeah. you you know I mean Bill I know you got Jackson. ten wins but. This What's it, worse, Bills Jags, nine to six, or this thirty to twelve?
0: Oh.
2: Uh,
1: mm. Bills Jags nine to six,
0: pretty bad. That's it's that's bad, bad. Because they're out of the playoffs right now. At least you're a playoff team. But there's only one team gets a buy. It's the one seed. You were in the driver's seat for the one seed. Like being the one seed is a huge deal. You get beat out for the one seed because you lost in some shootout with the Rams. Fine. Like, whatever. But you take yourself out of position because if you lose on the road to Detroit. Again, the the prerequisite for Detroit is that you show up and play hard cuz you're better than them, but they are going to play hard. It's not a surprise when you play the Lions and they play hard. They play hard all the time. So it's not like you you played Detroit and normally they mail it in, but on this particular day they were good. No. If you've watched the Lions and for whatever reason I've seen the Lions like every week, I have they're in a ton of games. Like there's no reason to treat the Lions like they're a clown operation. And by the way, someone put in the ch- Jared Goff is eight and one against the, the Cardinals now. Is that is that true?
1: Well, McVeigh had never I mean, McVeigh had never lost to him until so, this year. So yeah, he had, so it's uh, he like had never you, lost to him.
0: Like, before. how do you take that guy? Like, what a joke performance. Just a joke performance by them. I mean, really an embarrassing performance by them. Yeah.
1: And to me, and again, I watch some of it coming and off watched, a lot. Do you agree coming off the loss yeah, makes it really bad? And It's hard, right?
0: It's hard. But again, it's no one's there's a difference when you go there and you lose 24, 21. It's like shit. We, But they they did not show up
1: in that game. 17 to nothing in a half. 17 to nothing and half. And this is the thing. And I noticed it watching that game for a split second. I thought it with the Falcons. It's rare in college football, usually you just separate, you know, on the, like the Oklahoma, Kansas, even though somehow Kansas, that game was really tight, Kansas and Texas, they beat them too. But for the most part, when you watch a game like that, right, like Alabama versus Vanderbilt for what every once in a while you get like, God, it's only ten-seven and a half, And then the final score will be like 48 to 13 in the NFL. I think it's very, very risky. When you do a no show and then the game gets three scores or something, like you, you, the, they're, there's the talent in the league is too good to like, it's hard to flip a switch. When you get down multiple scores in the second half, you can pull it off every once in a while down like 14 nothing, five minutes into the game. Well, like I like, thought, okay. I
0: thought the Patriots were going to, I texted you this Saturday night, like, uh, oh, what, Max, go, Max going to lead them back. They were getting beat, but they weren't getting, cl- they just, they were just getting beat, right? You agree? New England wasn't. No showing the game, yeah, they're I mean, just getting beat.
1: He, yeah, I guess he, he threw a couple turnovers. Like he threw a turnover in the red zone that was a big deal. They were I driving thought, the field. Yeah. I think the question with Arizona, that was a is, violent game. The the Patriots were not like inferior to the Colts. Their quarterbacks threw a couple bad picks, it cost them, and then they got back into the game with a wince pick.
0: I just think there's a question with Arizona. Like, does their quarterback have a arrogance about him that keeps them from? I don't know. Is there's just something is off with them? It felt like maybe they'd overcome it. It feels like it's a combination of their coach and it sometimes their quarterback, and that's not ideal. But we'll, I mean, they're going to have a chance. Like the thing is, they'll have a chance in the playoffs. Well, these but next two badly, weeks are gonna define, go very,
1: they're going to define their season. These next fourteen, you know, Cowboy, Colts Cowboys. It's a big stretch for them because all of a sudden, is. are they going to be guy? Are they going to be ten and six?
0: <laughs> Potentially tied with San Francisco. Buckle up. Uh, we got the Jags uh, draft order, John. The Jags, good week for them. They fired Urban with cause and are now uh, in the number one draft pick slot. So now they haven't actually saved. I guess they got to, there's going to be, this is the good thing. I love this with Urban. Firing him with cause means we're going to have some leakage. We're going to have some accusations. We're going to have you, cause you got to make the case. Like, why are we not paying you? So we're going to get some, we're going to get some stuff here, which is, uh, which is good. I'm glad that story is not just going away.
1: Obviously he Urban, went, on, you see, he went on record you read his story? I did. What'd you think? <laughs> it was, when I say read, I skip power skimmed. It just kind of stupid. Like I, if, if everybody you saw, advisor, it, yeah. w- would you have told him to say anything or just stay quiet? Um, do you have to speak like, what do you have to say anything?
0: Are people yeah, waiting I mean, for your
1: quotes? I, I don't know. Like if they are. to
0: me, the only way your quotes help you is if your quotes like, you know, <sighs> I've done some introspection. I really misjudged you know, what it would take to manage an NFL team. And I I brought the wrong approach, but you don't, you don't get that. you don't get introspective that quick. It's been too short of time for that. Right. It was two days. Yeah. Yeah, So you don't, you're not getting that right away. It's just, there's no way you hit your sister, your mom's yelling at you. You don't immediately go, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. That comes three hours later after, after the grounding. So, uh, yeah, I don't, there's nothing to gain, especially when it's just like the world is soft.
1: (laughs) I told the coaches this. I would have recommended not saying anything. I, I just thought it was something that, Now, you could argue no one even really cared. People were making fun of him, but it just... It feels for a guy who's accomplished... I, I, I would never say never, but he obviously he's never getting an NFL. Would you agree? NFL's done. It's over. I got Weber State on the list, John. Do you think a Power Five, like a real program, would hire him? This was pretty bad. And now he's kind I of don't, old. I feel like it should
0: be an automatic yes. Somebody would do it. There's sixty-five, whatever these teams. One, all it takes is
1: one. No, I, I'm not saying. I, I, I'm talking about like the top like twenty programs, like the LSU's, the Oregon's, the USC's, the Ohio State's, like that level program. So. Is he hireable for a place that people want to go? Right, Texas, Oklahoma, Clemson. Like I'm talking that level. I'm not talking like all Oregon it takes State one or
0: AD or board of regents who's like. He's got the plan. I don't know. I I would not. I would not rule it out, but it doesn't feel like that's happening.
1: I would say no. To answer the question, I say no, but I'm not ruling it out by any stretch. Do you think if he would have got fired three weeks ago, there's a 50-50 chance he's at Oregon? Or do you think he's kind of unhirable for them? No, I don't think Oregon was going to hire him. I don't think Oregon was going to hire him. Because they were clearly going after like they wanted a high level guy still, right? High Will level Cox, yeah. Lanning. Yeah. The, I mean, chip, a guy they know.
0: Lanning clearly. I mean, he's got Bo Nix. Uh, G Was on the all- stream says urban Meyer. Why I joined the athletic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's like four years ago. I think days, the last I don't York think times. It, yeah. You guys notice no one's joined it anymore. I think they, they cut off that. Uh, that's true. Are
0: they selling to the times? Is that what's happening?
1: Uh, I think an undisclosed. I, I don't know how well it's going. Uh, and again, I'm a, I'm a loyal reader, but I just got to
0: know what when I've got a subscription, so I, I enjoy it. I go to it. Well,
1: guy, I've it. been riding the free description when I worked there three years ago. I just Shh. keep signing in. But it's only $1.99. Isn't it like 20 bucks a month or a year I, or something? I'm not sure. I, I I do wonder this, like for the Oregon thing, even Chip, for example, who, you know, I think has his flaws. Even his lowest point never felt anything nearly what we just experienced. No,
0: I, like I said, like the other day, like he won 10 games twice in the NFL.
1: No, but I'm just saying like the negatives about Chip, the personality with oh, other people. Yeah. feel like, you know, he can be prickly and he's not the happiest guy. But like Urban's like, this guy's a legitimate bulldozing asshole.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Chip's like, you know, he doesn't really want to talk to the media. But his coaches, the coaches who are, if you ever ask like coaches who are loyal to Chip, like they're really loyal to Chip. If you talk to people, right? Oh,
1: yeah. Ryan Day's one. If you ask Ryan Day who are you closer with, Chip Urban, I care. i bet your ass he'd say Chip Kelly. Interesting. And he got the job because of Urban, right? But he it's why actually he's Chip brought him to the Niners and the Eagles. A big reason like he I think gets thrown around sometimes in the NFL. Like he did was a quarterback coach in the NFL, like for multiple teams and his like for what we talk about a lot of these times, like Urban never coached right up. You know, we talk about rule one year as an assistant offensive line. This guy was a quarterback coach in the NFL, multiple franchises. Now, both years, they didn't win that many games. But to me, that's like the guy spent some time 24 months around NFL players every day as a quarterback coach. It's not nothing. Yeah. Like he, he knows what it looks like to like talk to a pro player.
0: Well, imagine we're like, you know, oh, you look at a guy's resume. He spent one year in the league, let's say, or two years or three years. But let's say it's even one. Like, that's a lot of practices. That's a lot of coaching pros. That's a lot of meetings with pros. That's just a lot of pro. It's not a lot relative to experience, but it's a lot of just interactions with a oh, year is plenty of time for a quarterback, an offensive coach, a GM to go. You know what? I really like the way this guy worked.
1: Bill Musgrave get fired. I don't think so. Did okay. I miss that story. I, I didn't think it's for some reason. It's got in my head. I, I think he's still there. I don't know why. Yeah,
0: That's I thought some Cal people were hard on him this year. I, I I I thought watching him a lot that he's got I think he's a pretty creative offensive guy. I think he's a good coach.
1: Well, anytime your quarterback goes pro and every team's gonna try to move him to a different position, it's pretty telling,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do a quarter. Oh, they got Jack Plummer from Purdue grad uh Portal. We
1: got a we got a lot of quarterback movement in the old porter portal guy. Bo Nix to Oregon. Remember, Bo Nix was the guy facing Herbert three years. True ago. freshman year, you know. Ma- remember, he made a couple plays in that game. He did. He got. I remember one. He made a throw. He got crushed on. He was tough. I, he he goes on. He's a weekly guest on uh, Coward's SEC Show. j Boy, who uh, on the volume, he's a. Pr- I listened to an interview last week before. I just wanted to hear what he talked because he was. He was. T- he had just put his name in the portal and he was talking about leaving. And I think, you know, in the SEC world. I don't know if this is the greatest comp, but he's like a Jimmy Garoppolo in the sense of very polarizing player. Like he started three years at Auburn, like you know, high. He won some big games, but like you listen to him talk, like he's a pretty intelligent guy. You know, I mean, he's there's a reason he started. Son of a cor- like his big, dad was
0: a was a big time quarterback, right?
1: Wasn't that the deal? The cor- the coordinator that they're bringing from Florida State, I think worked at Auburn in nineteen. Oh, okay. so Kenny Gillingham, so, yeah. So he. I think he might have been the quarterback coach or assistant offense, offensive coordinator because Gus technically called the play, so he knows him pretty well. I mean, Bo Nix, immediately probably one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12 next year.
0: Quarterback play wasn't good in the league. Now, Bo was looking back at it today. He was like a six,
1: 59, 60, 61% passer at Auburn. They, they got a lot of uh, defensive backs are throwing against in that league.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ty Thompson, the guy that, that was like their big prospect, the quarterback. I saw him play this year. I'm not sure that he's ready, but I don't know. Coach him up. Uh, We've had many people chime in, by the way, that they're seeing the Titans Niners Niners at minus three or three and a half. Niners favored by three, three and a half.
1: Might be a stay away as a gambler on that one. That seems a little weird. Just short week. Maybe they know A.J.
0: Brown's not coming back. I mean, he's eligible for the first time this week.
1: What I would do is I would take Debo. I would take IUK and definitely Kittle, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Bosa, uh, Al Shazier, and maybe Tartan Ward, and they would just sit in ice baths Monday, Tuesday, up until the plane leaves on Wednesday. We would just do mental reps, mental reps, no on the field, anything beside walkthroughs. And the walkthroughs, you'd have to wear sandals so we cannot run. It would be very light because we are more talented than this team. But there is no, we, we got to rest everybody. There, there there's ta- The talent disparity is there.
0: Did you see – you just made me think of injuries. I don't know if you were watching any of the Packer game when I guess Aaron Andrews had a report early in the game that Wink Martindale said he wants Aaron Rodgers to leave the game hurt. Did you see that report?
1: I I I saw people – yeah.
0: Oh, people were talking about – I didn't realize. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe she said it. People were talking about it. She came back and was like, just to be clear, he said sore. He wants him to leave the game sore, not hurt. Even though deep down, of course, he would want him to actually leave hurt, but that's not what he – of course, he didn't say that. Yeah. There's a big difference between sore and hurt. I get what happened. She's just kind of paraphrasing a quote, hurt and sore, hurting, but it gets taken like he's uh what's his name? Uh, Greg uh Oh. <laughs> who's playing him in the uh Kevin James show? That's what I want to know. Not Greg. I want to say Greg Robinson, but that's the old no, Syracuse Gr- guy.
1: Yeah, it's Greg Williams. Greg but, Williams, yeah. Who who got that role in the in the Kevin James show? See, I think they they pivot from that, he's coaching the kids. There's no, like, diving into the assistant. I don't think you see many of the Saints assistants or, like, Reggie Bush or Breeze. I think it just goes right to the kids, Kevin James.
0: I need I need, I need, need a Greg Williams Saints character.
1: Can someone in the stream, is Sean Payton coaching this game? Didn't he get COVID a couple days ago? You got the game on? Right?
0: Did you know while we were doing the show, the Ravens went for two and lost? They came all the way back, scored a touchdown, down by one, went for two and lost against the Packers.
1: I just assumed that they had lost the game because they were down like 10. They went for two to lose the game.
0: Yeah, I got to go back and...
1: Why why, why does he keep going? Why does he keep going? I got to go back.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, Warren Sharp is texting him during the game.
1: I just typed in Harbaugh to John Harbaugh. We'll have a lot of questions asked about going for two again and not making it. Uh, Coward on John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh should get real coach of the year consideration. John Harbaugh trying to win the game right there. Ryan Clark, bro. John Harbaugh's done a masterful job. Harbaugh's definitely go for two here. Yeah, it's just. I mean, have they a have big moment on the internet. Yeah, God, I wish
0: I was paying attention.
1: Might have to go but, back and watch that tomorrow. I didn't uh, watch the game. I didn't really see much of it.
0: Maybe we do a little. Uh, we'll, well, we'll see what comes this week. But a lot going on. We got another shave it or save it to get to this week. Just a busy, busy week. I mean, two games Monday, two games Tuesday. Somebody at the NFL office is like, not the worst thing in the world. You want to post? They should. If I were them, I'd start postponing the game to Tuesday every week.
1: Oh, we, Yeah, we got to figure out Tuesday. We got football on. Let's figure that one out.
0: Yeah. And then, obviously, Thursday, we got a late Thursday show because the Niners play Thursday, so we'll be on after the game Thursday. Cool. So. Hell All mind. right, everybody. Get after it. Get after this week. Have a great week. Thanks for hanging with us.
3: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.